Before we get started recording, um, I uh, any chance either you guys would be interested in buying some used puppets? No, not really. No. I no, mean, they're maybe. cheap. Like I, I will charge like pennies on the dollar. I'm just trying to get them off my hands. Oh my God. Welcome, oh my boys God. and girls, to a fucking mini soda once again of Halloween's Forever. I'm Brian. Hi, Meg. I'm Steve. We're getting into Steve's him. real disappointed. He was real <laughs> mad about that one. You know what, though? I don't give a shit because I love a puppet. I'm a big puppet <laughs> I, guy. I genuinely thought you were going to ask us to like pledge allegiance to you this time. Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah. I I genuinely thought you were. Well, I got to um, wait. I, I need to like drug you guys and make you highly suggestible until I have you, you know, sign away your lives, um, you know, in a some sort of blood pact. Man, well, I can't coming. wait to jump into this because, like, man, I'm just, I'm just gonna say you are all of certain characters in this in this series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm He's interested. The You're the authority. We are gonna talk. Yeah, like, I yeah. love this fucking mini so, or I mean, this this well, the topic of this mini so, this this web series that we're gonna be talking about here, guys. Um, let me just give you a little recap. If for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, spoiler alert: the strap. You know that some bitchin' strap, that motherfucking championship belt. It's back around Daddy's shoulders. I'm oh, slotting it around. I don't want you to call yourself Daddy on the show again. it around. I was don't down like at it. the Giant Eagle. <laughs> bought a bag. Of, bought a bag of Cara Cara oranges. Bought uh bought, bought a bought a couple two tree six packs. Several pounds of chip chopped ham, and I was just walking around strutting, peacocking around Giant Eagle, and people were just like, "Oh fuck, what's that guy doing? Like, what well, he knows something we don't know." That's I mean, it comes with the you know it I comes with the benefit of perspective. Of the, yeah, is that that's how you see yourself, <laughs> mm-hmm. and everyone else was like, "This guy's fucking insane." Well, and I they see probably them looking. The yeah. Well, and they I were see them like you whispering. You know, they're like they're like huddling together, whispering, and I think they're. I, I assume. I mean, what else would they be saying besides like that guy fucks? anyway uh the long story short the fucking strap is back where it belongs uh and with that victory uh, i'm feeling real lonely after you know two months of winning brian mm -hmm. yeah well listen don't worry uh, because it's back where they're supposed to go it's back where it's supposed to be uh and, and of course um with to the victor come the spoils so uh, i get to pick what a punishment episode i'm going to bestow on these two insolent fucks for our minisode and you know what again as i normally am i was a right and just uh uh champion in fact i did not expect to win uh, i really picked it really took a, a homer pick of something i just wanted to talk about with the showdown uh, um, but I ended up on top. That just happens. You get in a scrum, right? It's like it's like on Looney Tunes where you got like fucking Tasmanian Devil just spinning around, just a crazy, you know, cloud of dust and, and hands and feet and fists and fingernails. And then guess who comes on on top? Your boy. I really think we officially have what, you know, we know what pulling a Megan is. Mm. I think we officially have what pulling a Brian is. Yeah. And it's Flying just underneath the right radar. <laughs> It's just a ridiculous film. Falling ass first into the wind. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm basically like, <laughs> you know, listen, you got like bald bowl, you got you, you got soda popinski, and then you just got a little Mac in the corner. And all of a sudden he just comes with a haymaker and fucking KOs him and takes home that strap. And that's 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 what your boy did last week. So I got to pick um what we want to talk about on this here episode and i went a little out of the ordinary uh did not even pick a movie picked a web series you guys so uh, a first here for us our first web series i think we're talking about which is now um also a a tv show at least in uh in the uk but we'll talk about it here in a moment we are talking about the web series entitled don't hug me i'm scared one of my favorite pieces of media just in ever uh i have been watching I know how you found it um i honestly was thinking about that same question and i can't remember um, mm. I wanted to say, I was like, it seems like something I would have found on like Letterboxd or YouTube, mm-hmm. just fucking around looking for like weird media on YouTube. But I don't, I truly it does don't feel like remember. A Reddit pick. You know, it feels yeah. like a Reddit find, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely watched this for the first time. Like it's probably been six or seven years since I saw the first one. And then probably in the last two to three years, I went back and watched all six of the originals for the first time because I was familiar with the first one and maybe the second. And then there are six parts um, and they're very short. Um, So just to give you some perspective here, they are between, I would say like three and eight minutes long or something like that. They're roughly Mm -hmm. five minutes in length. Each one of them, it's six parter Um, web series on YouTube. You just go on YouTube and search. Don't hug me. I'm scared. It's going to come up. Um, But watch them in in order. Um, Like you don't necessarily have to. Like you're not necessarily going to lose a lot. But there are a little like kind of Easter eggs and things like that, that if you watch them in order, you'll pick up on. and then it has since spun off into a, uh, I think like a BBC Four show or something yeah, like that. Channel Four, I think I looked up. Yeah, so. in the in the UK, I think it was described as being like they're kind of like PBS channel of sorts. Yeah, so BBC is like yeah, it's like a a, a giant you know that that that's oh, like it's the, on BBC. Sorry, I like, yeah. well BBC BBC has um you know they're they're like multiple BBC stations. Um, and then Channel Four is like their comedy channel. Yeah, because that's I've watched a bunch of other stuff on there. Like I watched Taskmaster. That's a good show. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yes, that is a very funny show. I actually saw a clip about that recently uh, that just had me fucking howling. I've not watched that show live, but I always see clips pop up on YouTube and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. fucking hilarious. Um, Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I'll I'll just kind of give you the rundown of, you know, how to uh, describing what the hell this thing is, because it is a little bit out there. I would put this in the in the genre of kind of a. Cosmic. Can I name the genre real fast? Though? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yep, it's what in the acid trip. There is, there is definitely a, a trippy psychedelic aspect to it. Um, it was more so that was my initial response, but it was like I would love to be like on a psychedelic right now watching yeah. this, and then it have a crazy existential crisis. It, yes, <laughs> it is definitely existential. It's definitely cosmic at times in nature. There is a surreal. Uh, black comedy certainly element of it it's also um amused like the episodes are musicals as well mm-hmm. so it's kind of like psychological damage uh, cause <laughs> yes yeah, psychological, <laughs> psychological slash like cosmic horror <laughs> with like 
tons of surrealist black comedy elements and uh and 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 again it is also a musical um so yeah a lot lot going on there uh i would just say i would go as far as to say there's really the only thing i could ever describe this as you know what i how i bet i found this and i don't remember it but i if i had to guess it was i was a big fan of of wonderschausen yeah um and this reminds me a lot of wonderschausen uh for those of you who are familiar with with that um, that show from what, like early two thousands. Yeah, that was early two thousands and it mm-hmm. was on MTV two. And yes. like, that was, that was by the PFFR mm-hmm. collective, like in America. And then yep. they eventually wound up, I think they also put out, uh, Xavier renegade angel. <laughs> that show is fucking funny too. Yeah. I forgot about that show. But yeah, th- this definitely feels like it takes a lot of influence from that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, the 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 first of this web series aired in like 2011. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember I remember probably like 2013 or 14. I saw like part one of the parts came out mm-hmm. on and I, I definitely discovered it on Reddit. OK, so, yeah, yeah, that's uh, so, yeah, like Steve said, time frame wise, the first one was launched on on YouTube. It, it was just like a really like like micro budget, zero budget, even like just side project from, uh, you know, three individuals who had kind of created, you know, a, a kind of a comedy collective after meeting at I think it was universe uh, somewhere university in in uh, in the UK, I think maybe Kingston College or something like that. Um, but anyway, um Becky Sloan, Joe Pelling, and Baker Terry are the individuals that that are kind of responsible for this insanity. And it's also like, I should say, multiple uh, like and ever evolving different types of animation uh, Mm -hmm. and media. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it's live action puppetry uh but there's also like human size puppets there's stop motion there's like more traditional animation there's flash animation there's claymation there's computer animation it's just like it's a lot of wild shit kind of mixed together which of course you know leans uh, or i guess um further communicates the whole just like surrealist cosmic no one knows what's real uh, type of thing. And that, and that's definitely, um, that existentialism, uh, that Meg mentioned is a, is a through line, um, you know, throughout it. Um, but so it's, it's got in the guise of like a children's television series, like, like something you would expect to see on PBS or something like that. Um, um I do have a question, dude. Like yeah. uh, this may be a Steve question too. Cause when I was like looking a little bit behind it there, you just touched on it. Mm-hmm. about like them using things like back projection but i didn't know if that was like a literal term or if there was something like this is a process that like has some more uniqueness we don't talk about it now maybe we can mm-hmm. talk about when we dive into it but i wouldn't mind touching on that because I didn't, I didn't know what that meant i don't know but what's back projection that doesn't sound are you talking about like i can't think if, of it, it's... if it's rear projection it would be like that uh when we talked about the love witch in yeah. that opening scene in the love witch where she's driving the car but then it's rear projected the highway oh. behind her. If that's okay. what it's talking about. Maybe. I don't know. I wanted to look it up. Cause I like, I saw it in a couple of interviews, like where it was pointed out as being like a unique feature for this. Hmm. And that's I'm what trying I'm to think aware in it. That is, um, I just might not have noticed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sensory overload. This show, mm-hmm. um, yep. <laughs> there's yep. a lot going on. <laughs> um, like I said, mo- I also m- just want to say, um, like 
thank you for <laughs> I, it's the only time you're ever gonna see me be mildly you nice to you Brian, are okay? welcome it is a treat um, this was a fun <laughs> I, I genuinely i've never heard of this mm-hmm. talked to one of my coworkers about it and the moment i said something to her to it to them um they were like they started singing the creativity song and i was like, <laughs> like, green is not green. I was like oh my god you've so, definitely seen this what the fuck? weirdly enough the quote um uh the the take a look at my hair i use my hair to express myself like that little thing <laughs> became kind of like a viral tiktok audio clip mm. um you know during covid um so i think i think it, it also boosted a little bit of attention because there's like a there's a whole weird sub category of people who just are like really into identifying and digging into where like memes and video clips and audio clips and things that become viral on social media actually come from. Um, and I think like, that's just like a natural curiosity of people when they hear something that's kind of like weird and catchy or like, where the fuck is that from? And so I think that that going viral has probably increased people's interest in this in probably the last like two or three years even. Yeah. So, so it is kind of a satire of these like children's television shows in, in, in a way. And they start out, like the whole thing is pretty eerie, but they usually start out at least in the first <laughs> 20 seconds to a minute of feeling a little odd, a little off, but but fairly um, benign. And mm. then mm-hmm. they quickly start to spiral into more confusion, more more threatening. And, and so each episode is takes a like core I would I would say maybe I would describe it as like a core, you know, tenet of of just human existence. <laughs> um, mm. And they're trying to explain it to satirically to children. Of course, it's not a show for children, um, but it is like it's approached as um, you might expect, you know, uh, Sesame Street or something uh, to approach like something like creativity or time or so literally the six episodes in the original you know web series are creativity time uh love which i've also seen described as friendship but anyway it's uh it's um they don't have like official titles in that way i guess technology or just like the internet (laughs) um Mm -hmm. food internet's with an s on the end (laughs) <laughs> Internets, yes, the interwebs. Um, food, which which then I also pe- people describe it as health or nutrition. I would say nutrition is probably a more accurate representation of of the theme of of number five, and then six is is dreams. Um, mm. So they take basically they try to describe it in like a really overly simplified way, as you might describe something to you know a, a preschooler or something like that. But then they quickly like really zoom in on the um on the things that are existentially terrifying about <laughs> these different topics to an adult and they really nail it in and and like don't like really um i guess kind of like lift the curtain on why it's so terrifying in a, in, in an indirect way so anyway we'll we'll we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit i'm i'm getting way way ahead of myself uh, we're all really excited i get it i'm excited <laughs> we're getting way way ahead of ourselves and and luckily uh, uh you guys are here to rein me in because we got other things to do i'm getting real excited i like series a lot guys Getting real excited. And there's um, there's definitely yeah. a lot there's definitely yeah. a lot to it and we'll this could be a really long real, episode i'm getting real horned up here guys um all right let's take a step back let's take a step back i'm sweaty brian's um, gonna say by the end of the show which 
character made him the most horny. Puppets <laughs> in general are my kink. Or guys. which episode? <laughs> um, uh, but we got to do a couple of things first. All right. Uh, first of all, let's get some beers. I'm drinking beers. I can drink a couple more beers. I'm too excited. Um, what are we drinking here today? No beers. I, no I'm beers. I'm not drinking a beer either. Oh my, you guys. What are you drinking? What are you doing? I, How are you, you existing? Know, I, I, I still have alcohol in front of me. I went and visited uh, a friend who were, who was bartending over at Maggie's farm the other day because she mm. also has a Boston Terrier and okay. Bruce oh, needs I saw Boston pictures. Terrier friends. Yes. Um, and I was like, I need to leave with some personal day hard seltzer mm. and I will support probably anything that Maggie's farm does because oh, I yeah, absolutely great. fucking love them. Yep. Um, if anyone who doesn't know who they are, they can probably buy their rum either online or like at their local great store or whatever. Great stuff. And Tim, uh, Tim was actually the first person to ever pay me in real money for Whoa. a beer related task. <laughs> not just in, ha- not just in, I'm pretty ha- sure we met because of something that Tim did. Oh, possibly. Because it was Craft Pittsburgh. Oh, Craft Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. When you're yeah, when you're so brewing at the at the poorhouse, Rivertown yeah, Poorhouse, with uh, Dana and Jess. Yeah, I was that. writing Dana's- an article for Tim for that, and yep. then he came out and took some pictures. I think too, um, or maybe I took pictures. I, think I don't you remember. Took pictures. Okay, but yeah, yeah. No, everything they do is fucking absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I will. I always obviously lime. You know they they don't oh, yeah. they don't need any fancy flavors here. Mm-hmm. We got lemon lime grapefruit, and I think there's one pineapple. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's keep it like simple, high but, noon, but good. You know, uh, yeah. I have like two alcohol substances that I can drink in excess, and this is nothing I'm proud of. But like, I am like <laughs> happy that it's the case, mm-hmm. and I don't really get hangovers. Mm-hmm. And one is rum. And the other is mead. Specifically, these two play. I can go drink at Maggie's Farm Rum or Apis Meadery. Mm. And I'm just like, I feel like the next day I'm like, whoa, holy shit. Good. Yeah. But I don't know. I think maybe it's a quality factor. Maybe I'll like give it that. Yeah, or- probably. I, you know, I, I find that um, I'm a similar way with uh, Pilsner and Raquel. And that's mm-hmm. probably why I like the beer so much is I feel like I can drink 100 of them and be fine. Um, not just because it's moderate ABV. Um, but something about the, f- the, the, like just, and honestly, lager beers in general, like I can just mm-hmm. drink a lot of, but if I drink, we talked about this recently, if I drink one, you know, Trappist quad or triple, yeah. I'm going to have a headache. If I, mm-hmm. if I drink one, I might be okay. If I drink two, I'm going to have a headache. I definitely, it definitely has to do with, I think like the way the sugars are processed by the yeast. Mm-hmm. I think too, maybe that I'm, there's really so many more things that yeah. us as non-scientists, I mean, mm-hmm. Brian, maybe a little bit, no. No, well, I know certainly not formally trained by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's like those higher molecular weight alcohols just like do an absolute number on me. Um, Steve, not so much. Steve will drink gasoline. He don't give a shit. Yes. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> not today. No, not today. I'm feeling under the weather. So. Oh, yes. I forgot yeah. you're sick. Yeah. Fucking was. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not drinking uh, alcohol, but I am drinking seltzers. Mm. And I have. Hey, cheers to seltzers, buddy. Yeah, I got Ooh. I got a Lacroix Cubano. Ooh. It's a the. I like the, to say Lacroix. It could be the Lacroix. I don't <laughs> While care. I'm wearing my Crocs. You say whatever mm. it is, but it's it's their Cubana flavor. What so is that? so it's got like the pork, the mustard, the, <laughs> on the, the whole thing. Unfortunately, no. Oh, no. I thought it was going to be a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pickles. it's it's essence of rum, mint, and lime. What? Oh, okay. So that actually sounds really nice. You're tasting. You're drinking an alcohol flavored non-alcoholic beverage. Yes. Oh, 
That's some. But that's what I would. Shit. That's something I would definitely drink because I think when we've talked about NA stuff, mm-hmm. like it's not alcohol. Wait, no, I'd be a hypocrite and say like I don't want to drink the alcohol. But for whatever reason, I think rum and mojito things sometimes like hit me right. I'm like, mm-hmm. Normally, know? Steve is drinking some sort of Zoom Zoom juice that is like candy has a bunch of alcohol in it, but he doesn't want to taste the alcohol. So it just tastes like candy or coffee or chocolate or something. Yes. Now he's, ta- he's drinking something that doesn't have alcohol, but tastes like it has alcohol, which is the polar uh, opposite of what you normally do. Yes. What do we, That's what, what I do, do to stay the healthy. Antithesis of Zoom Zoom juice. <laughs> What's that? What's the antithesis of Zoom Zoom juice? Stay home. Yeah, stay, stay home, home juice. juice. Stay home yeah, what's juice. the opposite oh, okay. of Zooming? I don't know. That's stay home milk. Yes. Stay put. Stay, stay put, put juice. Stay put milk. Yeah. Stay just, put put. Put, just put call put milk. Yeah. It's actually called milk. milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink milk on the go? I guess that's not really an on the go <laughs> beverage when you think about it. Um he drinks milk from a bag. <laughs> I'm not Canadian. What the hell? <laughs> you, kind of you mean like I grew up in New Jersey? And we I drank. That. We've all I, drank milk from a bag. It's called tits. If that was an insult <laughs> for someone where it's yeah. like you look like you drink milk from a bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. A, that is a good insult. That reminds me of one of my favorite insults is when you see somebody, um, like uh, actually, I, I have described who's the who's the um, the 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 pederast that uh was in steve's movie last week what's his name jeffrey jeffrey jones jeffrey jones um the actor i often describe him in in a way that is one of my favorite insults for somebody is if they look really bloated Mm. i'll say they look like they just got done having an allergic reaction to shellfish (laughs) like (laughs) like he's just clammy and bloated and and blotchy blotchy oh, and what like just pale and sweaty and like that's mostly oh how man i, I want to come so. up with a roster of all these type of jokes I, <laughs> I someone just sent me a video which is why i was like top of mind mm-hmm. of like a guy basically like like uh, rolling them off uh and i'll send it to you guys mm-hmm. and then not not the <laughs> listeners though but if they're listening and they want to see it i'll send it to them too but you gotta message me but that means you also gotta message me a movie suggestion so you know like <laughs> meg will never take an opportunity never miss an opportunity to grab it up her hand if she can um all right what am i drinking guys i am drinking uh coldy shice uh, it's called this is a cold IPA um, from our uh, wonderful friends down at Old Mother Brewing in Frederick, Maryland. If you're in and around the Frederick, uh, Maryland area, uh, check them out because uh, fucking great beers, weird beers, unique beers, uh, lots of lagers on tap, lots of weird sour beers on tap, lots of. Do they have a side project of, called Young Mothers? Ooh, maybe. Actually, it's, that cool. website was taken. <laughs> oh, God. No, Young but I just was thinking of like Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. I was like, mm. that'd be great. Like, just like beer names. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Unless it's like weird for people. And well, I think it's also. like kind of a, I, I don't know. Don't don't quote me on this. You check it. Like their aesthetic is, is very, not all of it, but a lot of like creepy metal and horror inspired stuff. Not like explicitly yeah. horror, but some of them are explicitly horror. Horror, but it's definitely got like a metal graphic novel horror type of thing. The guy who does, I think, a lot of their um, graphics um, kind of plays in that space a lot. And I don't know. They're cool. And their beer is really cool. And they're a bunch of bunch of nice folks. Um, and this is their cold IPA with uh, German aroma hops. Uh, and it is uh, pretty sure a pretty high percentage of I think rice in there as well. So it's like really Mm. crisp and dry and highly Mm. attenuated. Um, Yeah. 
basically IPL essentially. So nice, nice beer. Hey, hey, do we need to go back to pints and panels? Mm picture of IPL <laughs> versus a cold. There is a graph. We can have this discussion. It's also just a marketing term. She calls it. Yeah. IPL versus the cold IPA versus what's the, what's you know, the third one? There are one? some techniques to Hoppy it, but lager. at the same time. Hoppy lager, yeah. 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 Let, let's get down to grass Oh, I, I have been known to, so I, here's what I like to do in beer, as do a lot of people like to take hard stances on things that don't matter at all. Right. <laughs> I enjoy Fuck doing yeah. that. But then I also like to then rescind my comments or completely, uh, contradict them in like my very next sentence. Um, cause yeah, IPL basically should be just an IPA with lager yeast. A cold IPA typically um, is a one where it is brewed very much in the same way. Like I would say IPL is broad. If I had to say what cold IPA is, it's almost a sub sub category of the subcategory of IPL. But cold IPA is there there's it, still like a little mini tie though to hazies too though like a tiny bit um, like some, some of them like, are but then some of them are really bright and and clear yeah. i would say like brute but ipa and cold ipa almost. are you know really what I mean? close yeah. yeah i was gonna say like i think it has this aroma component maybe mm. that's because i think like mm. when i started approaching my ipa when i was at rock bottom was like mm. i don't give a shit about this hazy stuff at that point too i was just like but i love the aroma component and like toning back the bitterness a little bit yeah. so it's like mm-hmm. a well, little that's bit more like, drinkable all the all the old ipls that we remember from the early 2000s or mid 2000s mm-hmm. none of them were dry hopped guarantee these cold ipas are going to get a lot of dry hopping which is They're, that hazy yeah, tie was positive we did ipl we did uh one when i worked at liney kugels we did liney's ipl that we did dry hop so much so that we actually spent like a freaking million dollars putting in big giant pad filters just so we could dry hop in a hundred and 50 year old locker brewery jesus um, oh but yeah i mean you guys, do you guys have like a mic i'm sure there's like a micro filter there like, like well it, surprisingly that brewery up in chippewa falls it literally is 150 years old horizontal tank lager brewing lager brewery so um they did put a bunch of like you'd be surprised actually how lo-fi some of the filtering is mm. in some of those big breweries because they're not built to do dry hopping and things but like the that. the other side, they probably have some sort of pasteurization, which also yes, then probably, typically yeah. then so like, do pasteurization. then the other side where anything we would normally be worried about if we don't have filtration, we'd be like, whatever, yeah. shelf stable well now, so we're good. Yeah, but hmm. um, a cold IPA versus, a cold IPA, I have heard people describe a cold IPA as the lager version of a, a, a brute IPA, mm. um, which I think is oh kind of a God. good description of it. It's all yeah. just really what meaningless it, semantics, though. That's yes. what I, that's why. I actually, I, that, I think that was actually the response that we needed was it was meaningless semantics because <laughs> I had a lot of fun making brute IPAs, but no one gave a shit about them or what they were. No there one was nothing, cared even a little like, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Anyway, I like the one I, that you wanna, made, Meg. <laughs> At rock I did bottom. too. I like it. I had. I. Lo- I actually really enjoyed making them, but I would probably use that method, but maybe call it like an extra pale ale and just do a lower ABV version mm-hmm. of it because I wanted the Christmas of it. Yeah, I always blame that style failing on like New Belgium put one out and somebody else put one out. Sierra and Founders Sierra, all did. Yeah, and so Sierra Sierra's was though, really too. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sierra's was really good, but New Belgium's. Tasted completely different and was fucking terrible. 
And mm-hmm. so I think because like there was there wasn't a clarity in what things should taste like mm-hmm. and like because New Belgium's was so bad, but there was everybody not, just was turned off. There was off. nothing really to yeah. talk about besides that we're using an enzyme. So for anyone listening mm-hmm. who doesn't know what a brood IPA is, like basically you're like getting this like really dryness almost to the point of like describing like champagne where it's so dry. But the way we're able to do that is use an enzyme that is able to break down like every sugar that is created where normally say if we're talking about play-doh uh something that's really dry might end at like you know 1.52 to 0.5 play-doh where this gets you down to zero yeah it's like like any little bit of like longer chain carbohydrates that that didn't get broken down down during the mash like you literally add like amylase enzymes um that don't just naturally occur in the malt, um, which is a thing that big brewers do to get more um, brew house efficiency um, mm-hmm. and just get more bang for their buck, you know, from their right. malt. Well, yeah. And so, again, breaking down that, though, is like a lot of those larger brewers are doing high gravity brewing. So they yeah. want to get like they're uh, watering it down later on, which is a normal mm-hmm. process. So, like, don't let's not talk about it like it's weird, but like right. they'll brew a higher gravity beer and water it down. So, if you're able yeah. to break these longer chain sugars down, you're going to get more gravity and be able to add more water. And, get and when you're brewing at that product. scale, that could be a savings of like fucking millions of dollars. You know what Fuck I mean? Yeah. But anyway, they they do. I, I the one the only one that I really absolutely loved, and I can't even remember who it was. It was a brewery in Portland. I remember did a brewed IPA, and they did a really really took it to heart where they did the enzymes um they did it like really super pale crazy high attenuation but then they also um primed it and and bottle conditioned it and corked and caged it so it was Mm. super effervescent super spritzy and just like it was so like that's like it was mimicking champagne as best they could okay yeah yeah Yeah, the Um, one that i did that i know i did for um it was then fresh vest now barrel and flow Mm -hmm. like i i decided that i wanted to also like it uh, get more of that effervescent character even though it was um, I injected the CO2 to it but I got it up to like three volumes plus which was it's mm. insane for like being able to pour beer properly and um, <laughs> so what I did though was fabricate a way to use um, what's called a pigtail and mm-hmm. these normally get oh, attached okay. to Zwickles and that allowed me to get um, bit, oh, I don't know like it basically condensed the CO2 to allow me to actually have flow and get like good samples out of it but that was a really fun thing to do I like I said I had fun with them like mm. I will probably do the process in other ways but I don't give a shit about calling it brewed IPA because again we talk about cold IPA these are all fucking words for, for the people like, the yeah. like do you like the beer do you like what we're doing I think there's a fun creativity to all of these fucking things that are happening and mm-hmm. I think it's Some time. Of them are I used think to sell beer. I think it's time to move on. You guys have gone way over oh, <laughs> so much of the audience's head. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not going to talk about CO two solubility at various temp- temperatures. No. Okay, for, Sorry, for everybody guys. at home, just really quickly, Meg pushed her beer through a smaller tube to make it more effervescent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so the gas wouldn't come out, and I could, right. could actually enjoy. It. Okay, let's. Okay. Mm. Steve, I don't think you realize how much horror 
nerds like gas solubility. <laughs> <laughs> they love talking about that shit. Uh, tell us, tell us on on the Instagrams. We're just as trying always. to grow our following. This is mm-hmm. we 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 can we can have mildly. We know beer this stuff. is what you guys are craving. Um, all right. So, but if you are interested in more gas solubility horror, um, hit us up on the social medias. Uh, I should remind everybody because uh, I haven't done it in this hot second. At Halloween is forever. I know, uh, guys. I know. Listen, if you're listening and you've sent me requests for stickers and I haven't sent them to you yet, uh, they're coming. They're coming, guys. This my is when they tell you to go fuck super yourself. Super far away from my house. Um, so no, I I I, uh, I I do have stickers now, and I'm, I'm going to get them out your way. But for those of you who also would like some stickies, um, some Halloween's Forever stickers, uh, hit us up on the social medias uh, at Halloween is Forever on you know Instagrams and TikToks and the Twitters and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you uh, get an opportunity, write us a little review on uh, one of the old. Uh, um, you know, podcatchers, podcast platforms, write a slow review, give us five stars for four stars, whatever the maximum number of stars is. Uh, and then just shoot me a DM in the Instagram on, on the Instagrams and say, Hey, I reviewed your podcast. And I'll say, Hell yeah. You want some stickers? Send me your address and I'll send them your way. I just really want people to write us letters. I don't I mean I know. We have had some whole, nice letters. I, I actually yeah, have one. I, yeah, I just I know I want a handwritten letter. Brian is really I do have a handwritten letter. I actually what? do have a handwritten letter. Yeah. From this yeah, one, this came I sh- this was from pretty early on when we started recording. Love Somebody it. did write us a handwritten letter. Someone type us a letter, like a typewriter yeah. type of, you know, love type notes. It. Send us type. love notes. I want to feel love. Meg's like, guys, write us on. a letter. But like they did. No, handwritten. They did. <laughs> like on a typewriter. No, in your own blood. Like <laughs> Have you not understood how (laughs) dissatisfied I am with everything and I will never be satisfied? She's going to eventually request your kidneys. I know that that's going to (laughs) happen and you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Um, uh, anyway, all hit I'm us up on the social me. medias. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Literally, it's all I'm asking. Um, we are approaching. I, we've actually been hanging around there. I've been a lot more active on the social medias uh, on Instagram as of late. So we're we're still trucking towards ten thousand followers. We're we're pretty darn close. I think we're you know three hundred away or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been in recent months a little lax on the Instagrams, but I'm back on it, hitting that son of a bitch hard, you guys. Uh, so lots of spooky content your way give us a follow if you haven't already help us get to ten thousand followers um all right so uh we do have one other thing we got to do before we get back in and talk about this here web series we got to spin that old some bitch and wheel uh, for those of you who are new to the show basically what happens is we spin a wheel we get three topics they're subgenres, they're horror topics whatever and then uh we put them out on social medias our social media friends on instagram and twitter vote to help us decide which one of the topics they want to hear us talk about once we have a topic we then select a movie that pertains to that topic let's say it's a subgenre. we each pick a movie we talk about it on the showdown episode we uh you know argue with each other and and uh you know, jackknife, power bombs, DDTs, uh, all that, all that sort of thing abound. Eventually we vote and somebody takes home that motherfucking strap, kind of like what your boy did last week. Uh, and it is time to spin that son of a bitchin wheel. Steve's got her ready. We've loaded on some new topics that were suggested from some of our lovely uh, friends and, and listeners. So uh, what, what do we got? We got we got three coming. What's number one, Steve? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Starting out strong. Number one uh, yeah. is ho- horser. <laughs> horser. 
horse. I kind of assume this is horse horror. It is horse horror. This is horser. I don't know who put this one on here. <laughs> horser. That's a terrible pun. An even worse topic. Uh, it's it's fairly it's it's kind of unfair. Um, just for full disclosure, a little behind the scenes, Meg just had to to slip away to go pee really quick when we pulled the first on. So she's not currently in front of her mic, and when she comes back, she's gonna be so excited to hear that we're yeah. gonna do horse horror uh, <laughs> as as one of the three topics. Okay, all right. Um, this is fun. All right, what's next? All right, next one is gonna be. Robot Rampage. Oh, that is my shit. I love um, I love a robot horror flick. Uh, robot Rampage sounds fun. Man, we could do crazy kaiju robots. We could do fucking, you know, uh, 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 AI type shit. Mm-hmm. We could do, there's a lot to talk about there. I know every, is, everybody's yeah, but, thinking about 1999's virus starring yeah, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Immediately, we all go right there. We all mm-hmm. do it. We all know it. Um <laughs> So Meg is just rejoining us from the bathroom. Um, not not to blow up Wait, your spot. Wait, you guys announced that I, I this did, was like and subtle. this is the only this reason I was subtle, going bud. to. But we couldn't we couldn't do it. Uh, we couldn't keep it subtle anymore because um, the first one you missed. Uh, the first you know topic uh, from the wheel is horser, or is to say horse horror. <laughs> So, so the audience had to know why you weren't I, reacting. Oh my god, I, that is hilarious. Yeah. I also don't know if I realized that that was like a topic that was on the wheel, and now I did I'm not even either. more I don't concerned. know who did it because um, now we're just talking about we we could go back to the books and be like this had a five out of five horse rating, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. now you get my reaction. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we had to explain dang. why you weren't jumping up and down, kicking tables over uh, when horse horror came up. Why this funny is like I feel like people may choose this just because of that's what, what I'm saying. This the, is a know, terrible the harem, topic. The harem uh, topic. Because I can't think I can't think of a movie that like a horse is like a villain. So you have to no. find movies that have horses in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also think of like I'm trying to think. I feel like I have something in my brain where like a horse is part of the villain almost. Sleepy Hollow. Maybe yeah. no, that would that's be. Not the one uh, it's a good mind, example, but, but it's an example for sure. But I'm thinking of something else. But I it, they the exist. Ring, it would, the it'll American be hard. Ring. Oh there's yeah, the a, ring. I mean, there's there, a horse in there, it. Yeah. yeah. And there's then the a horse. Very prominent horse scene and a horse yeah. death. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I would approach that as like either a horror movie that has a five out of five horse factor mm-hmm. or, See, guys, or something like what we're talking about. This is going to be a fucking mess if we pick this topic. <laughs> uh, just want to warn you, this is going to be a fucking disaster if you do decide to lot. pick it. But you know what? We fight. put it in your hands, listeners. We put it in your hands. If you want to hear us establish what <laughs> constitutes a five out of five horse rating uh, and then argue about whether something deserves that and then argue about once. Who wants a- to hear Brian and I fight? <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. I think the perfect movie would be uh, a movie about a killer horse that kills other horses 
Can it be like a zombie horse of sorts? Yeah, 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 yeah. It just has to be a killer horse that kills other horses because then <laughs> the horror is coming from the horse, but also is being inflicted on other horses. Yeah, so, so I'm that's actually going to start recording film. that yeah. right now, <laughs> yeah. and then by the time they choose, it'll be it'll be out. You, you can't choose can, your I own movie. Choose. I'm going to put that rule down. <laughs> you can't make a movie to choose. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You don't have time. You don't have time to write a script, edit uh, it, shoot it, me. all that stuff. Um, anyway, so first one was horse horror, um, or, or horser. Oh horser. Did someone horse recommend that, or did, how did that end up on the list? I have. I don't to know ask how that. it wound up on the list. Obviously, I, somebody I put did it there. Suggest it. But like, I think yeah. it was a suggestion. Oh man, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, second was Robot Rampage. Yep. which cool. I like that one a lot. That'd be fun. Um, we may have to have a discussion over like what constitutes a robot versus like genetically modified and AI stuff. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. discuss it. Computers. Mm-hmm. All robots are computers. Not all computers are robots. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And then and also like Robocops aren't robots because Robocops exactly. is a cyborg. There yeah. you so, go. I, yes, yeah. we do have to have a, a very deep cyborg discussion, guys. So no. get ready for that. Um, all right. What's number three? And number three is pretty simple. Herschel yeah. Gordon Lewis films. Oh, see. All right. See, I would love to do that one, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine that one winning. Uh, mm, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, we, we, I think that might have even been one like you, Steve, you or I might I have suggested. That, I, put that, I put that one on there because I had been watching a bunch on Tubi. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. Yep. Herschel Gordon Lewis, some may the refer to girl. as they the. I uh, love that name. Yeah, that, I mean, he might. You might describe him as the the. I mean, people do just call him like the Godfather of Gore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they say a lot of splatter stuff. And he was the really, really the first director, first Western director that that really sold his um, his films on the gore factor. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can yeah. go back and watch them, and like they are they are filmed. Very similarly, actually, to The Love Witch with Mm -hmm. like everything's just Mm -hmm. kind of flat and feels like it's on TV and everything. But then like it's just notable, like notably gory, like things Mm -hmm. you would not expect to see on film back in that time. Yeah. I also just want to note, too, just like looking up someone to see what kind of films he had is like even the posters. I I'm somehow really attracted to the art of sorts where Mm -hmm. it's so simple. It's like black, Mm -hmm. white, red throughout and i i don't even know if there would even be a topic we could cover at some point just like art for like you know cover oh i would love i love movie posters it would be incredible Mm -hmm. to talk about movie posters but yeah herschel gordon lewis is like you know a a director that's huge huge influence on um on some of the um you know, some of the directors that we would think of as like modern i don't say schlock horror but like lower budget uh not even exploitative type of horror, but like he's just a huge influence on, on a lot of those directors. So um, anyway, Herschel Gordon Lewis, Robot Rampage or horse horror, horror, which is to say horse horror. Um, all right. We'll put those on the social medias this week and then Yins can go on there and vote, see which one you like. And then on next week's mini. So we will announce what topic one. And then the following one, we will tell you what movies we're going to pick associated with that topic. So, all right, we got all that nonsense out of the way. So let's get back into our discussion on 
don't hug me. I'm scared. So I think one thing to probably, you know, we, we taught, we gave you the rundown of generally what these episodes, these, these six, you know, um, episodes in the mini series, or I'm sorry, in the web series entail. We haven't really talked about the characters yet. Um, you know, we talked about roughly about the premise. The characters are, um, don't have official names for the most part. Um, they have, uh, I don't, uh, again, this is specifically about the web series because I haven't seen, you know, the the BBC Four show. Um, I assume it's you know quite similar, um, but the characters are um, there's three main characters, and then there's kind of a a boy I would say almost a villain type character uh, in each one of the episodes, and then there are some a couple of other weird um <laughs> tertiary characters i guess you do see you know over and over and over again um but the uh the, the main characters are first of all yellow guy they just call him, that's just what he's referred to in the credits and stuff yellow guy he's he's the only one that is looks like a human uh, a, he's a puppet, certainly a puppet with yellow skin and like you know blue hair and stuff but he looks to be designed in the fashion of a human. He is humanoid in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a punk at one point. <clears throat> he does have from, uh, what was it? SLC punk. You know, he's got the bomb. Yeah. 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 yeah he's got the, he's got the, the, the overall, you know, the, the denim overall kind of look. Um, so yellow guy, then there's red guy who is, um, a full ad- adult human in a costume that is basically just red with, um, two big googly eyes and the head appears to be almost like look like a mop that is made out of just yarn, red yarn. Mm-hmm. So you can't see his face when he does talk. That looks to be like um, air blowing out of where mm-hmm. a mouth would be. I kind of like that. I don't know why. Like I, I noticed that mm-hmm. and it stuck out. And I'm like, I kind of like this in essence because there was still um, like ugh, I'm trying to think of like not emotion, but like uh or character but there was like almost like you could feel the character a little bit Mm -hmm. more even Mm -hmm. even with that with like the body language because i feel like that becomes a lot harder when you start taking away like lips and eyes and yada 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 that Mm -hmm. can show emotion um i for some reason still thought it was a cool character yeah he is for being the only character that is like you know reoccurring character that is uh a you know somebody a human in a costume he actually sh- i would say has the least physicality of the three characters mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't really do anything besides just sit or you know sit or stand and then just talk in a very monotone kind of kind of voice um that is a, just a regular human voice but just kind of deep toned you know british guy talking in a kind of a monotone way um mm-hmm. the yellow guy talks kind of in like this stereotypical like dumb guy voice kind <laughs> um, of always like sounds a little muppet. bit scared yeah it sounds like a dumb muppet he almost sounds like um the, oh man i can't remember the name of the character there's a particular muppet that is like a a dumb dog um that just reminds me of the way <laughs> that he talks it's a, uh, it sounds a little bit like barney rubble to me but like okay, british I british barney rubble a little, little bit of a british barney rubble but he like almost has the it's a deep voice 
deep adult man's voice with a British accent, but his the his manner of speaking is almost like a small child would talk, mm-hmm. like his phrases and the way he puts sentences together. Yeah, but I think um, they did a great job with like making that come real for us. Mm-hmm. With like in uh, I definitely wasn't the first one. I can't remember exactly when his like dad. Which almost seems like a future him comes yeah. into play. We'll who's talk also about his dad. We will, but like uh, he's like I, the only just, person with an actual name. By the way, I think his name's like Roy or something in uh, the credits. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but I think they did a good job because, like, to me, he just came off as perpetually scared. But um, again, uh, like, I think uh, like some of these characters just like enacted. You know, we saw all these themes like fear, love, blah, blah, blah. But like, mm-hmm. they almost felt like emotions. Like the characters felt like emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they 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 have. Well, we should m- m- mention the the third the third kind of main character who is just like an anthropomorphic um, duck, green duck that they just called that. You know, he's just credited as duck. Um, and he kind of has a squeaky cartoonish voice, British accent. Um, and he is so the kind of the, the, the way these three like we talked about yellow guy is just kind of like like you said he's almost the childish one red the red guy is just kind of like the i don't know just this kind of mundane monotone just like almost it's like the, an apathetic feel to it like he just got going along with the flow yes i was just about to say that he's kind of the go with the flow um status quo type of character and then you have the duck who's almost the most cartoonish um but is also oddly the most like um just the most negative negative is a word yeah Mm -hmm. negative i was gonna almost say like um i can't think of the word uh contrarian contrarian maybe is a better mm. word than what I'm thinking of. Yeah. He is the one who's going to, going to butt heads with people a little bit more. Um, I wish I knew more about the brain. Cause almost like, and us talking about it, it made me feel like there's certain aspects of the brain that like control different things mm-hmm. that I feel like could also be anthropomorphized, like in what we're talking. In that point, in, to that point, then you would probably be talking about like simple Freudian. Yeah. Uh, dissection because then it would be the yellow guy. The simple, yellow guy. Honestly, I don't want to deduce well, it. Well, it no, kind of is. Yeah. yeah. No, it kind of is I because had it down. yellow guy would be the id, which is right. the kind of just uh, compulsion, the acting out, the, mm-hmm. you know, childlike Lizard behaviors. Um, the red guy would be the ego, which is just kind of the general control. Yep. And then duck would be the super ego, I believe, how it goes. And that's, yeah. that's like where your anxiety and uh, like kind of over uh, like overthinking things over analyzation, you know, mm. the, the things that really hold you back. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I, I almost had it. I wonder if the, well, so I wrote down, you know, the, the, id, the ego, the super ego, I almost had like yellow guy and the duck switched in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there would be arguments either way. We'll get into it. We'll talk about the stories. We're not going to, you know, drain each one of these, although they, they are relatively short, Um, you know, anywhere between, like I said, about three and maybe eight minutes. The first one is called creativity and it just, you know, starts out, there's no setup, there's no backstory, nothing. It's just the three characters sitting at their, you know, kind of kitchen table, um, just silence. And one of the themes here is like, they live in this kind of puppet world, uh, and everything, especially in the first episode and, and, and the second, well, all of them really, but it's, it's more of a a prominent part, I think maybe in the first couple or first two or three is everything is made of felt. 
in their world. Oh man. Can we talk yeah. about it for two seconds? I yeah. fucking, I genuinely like it even in my own like creative brain. I was like, wow, how did they do that? Like, how did mm-hmm. they sew that? Like I, like I genuinely love the setup and the puppets were amazing. And I don't know a lot about puppeteering. Mm-hmm. Brian, you seem like maybe you have like an affinity for it, but like, uh, I'm um, not going to lie. I was absolutely obsessed and still am to a certain extent with the Muppet show as a kid. Like yeah, I have yeah. them all on the, I was obsessed with the Muppet show. I just, I just think like the setup and the scenes like were so creative and I, I like, I just couldn't stop trying to figure out like, how did, like, what did they do? How did they do this? Because yeah, they it, just was, it was really, everything. really on point. Like, it was like, honestly on just uh, beautiful. Like, I don't know. I was obsessed. Yeah. Me. It's impressive. And it reminds me for, for those of you who, who have, have kids or have, you know, young, you know, younger kids in your life. It reminds me a little bit of if. Don't like, show this to your younger kids. No, don't show this to your younger kids. But if a whole like house or set was made by like Melissa and Doug, like if you're familiar with Melissa and Doug, like toys, they're they're just kids versions of whatever. Right. So they make like, you know, kids versions of like little food and stuff like that, except for they're not, you know, some of those are made out of like wood. These are all made of like they're basically plush, but made made of felt. It looks like, um, you know, puppet material. Yeah. So it starts in that room, and then completely unprovoked, out of nowhere, you get introduced to who is like I'll say is like the antagonist of this <laughs> of this one, and they become more and more on the nose as you go. But the first one, it is this. It's a sketch pad, and the sketch pad is actually voiced by Becky Sloan. You know, one of the one of the creators, and she burst immediately into song talking about creativity and the the theme of course creativity and they're just talking about uh this sketch pad having an affinity for creativity and oversimplifying and not really understanding creativity except for on like an extremely surface level so some of the thoughts whether it be creativity or time or love the character that comes on to to basically describe to the three main characters what that thing is, I would describe as almost like if there was some sort of weird alien intruder, like a pod person type thing Mm -hmm. that came into your life and was tasked with explaining to you a core element of humanity (laughs) in a way where you wouldn't know that they were like an alien or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like all, you're almost yeah. describing society as like, we're now run by aliens a little bit, you know, like, cause I feel like in, in like reading a little bit more about it, like the, I think you're exactly on the nose for it, but like, it, it's an interesting way to say, Hey, all of these different themes are really important, but let me give you the most generic standardized way to like manage that particular topic and then also suppress any sort of individuality throughout it all. Yeah. And which uh, is brilliant about it. Well, and it's um, also like a lot of these concepts, they suck the ambi- They They're trying to simplify things that are impossible to simplify. And in doing so, they're like, sucking all the ambiguity out of it but then also like putting their own thoughts and and rules and restrictions and ulterior motives into their description of it Um, yeah so so there's this one so in create creativity i mean literally it starts with she starts singing the song and it's what's your favorite idea 
mine is being creative. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What does that even mean? <laughs> and then they're like, it's actually, <laughs> can we do like, no, this is yeah. if AI had to also simply, whether it's alien, yeah. no, I would, aliens would be way too smart to probably deduce things, yeah. but this is like if AI had to, to explain to us what creativity was. Yeah. And it's like, Currently, uh, and they're like, how? And then, then the, you know, the 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 premise is that the the three main characters have no idea what creativity is, and she and she the, the sketch pad is trying to explain to them what creativity is and how to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. But like, um, let me give you the ideas that are creative. Almost too. Like here are, that's here, the and, and that and this this entity in this instance is a is a, a sketch pad has such a limited idea of what creativity is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but has green's very not creative. Strong, yeah. So some a couple of my favorite ones is like, and and also there's like some satirical stuff making fun of, like the one the one uh, line that some of you who've never seen this before but might have heard this on, you know, social media or whatever we kind of talked about was that, uh, uh, I use my hair to express myself like that. She pulls up, she's like, so listen, they're like, I don't understand. And she's like, pulls back one of the pages and there's like basically multicolored yarn and the person, and then this, take a look at my hair. I use my hair to express myself and I felt a little bit um attacked. <laughs> you know, Brian. Yeah, well, I was the same. Like, look, like I look at look at my hair. Um but yeah. He's got the, that man bun boner there. I got a weird little thing there. But He's anyway, got a yeah. samurai top knot going because he also yeah, has think, a side shave down. Hell yeah, dude. Um anyway, uh this is what happens when an adult um is given uh a, a man child is given clippers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um so <laughs> the response immediately from red guy is that sounds pretty boring. <laughs> and then she, <laughs> and then the, 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 the notepad kind of gets pissed off with that comment, but not, not right off, like not, uh, uh, outwardly just kind of like eyebrows turned down a little bit repeats what they say. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a lot of that. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a common theme throughout all of the episodes. Anytime, one of the three main characters tries to push back on what they're being taught. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the teacher is yeah. like very quick, not to, not to like denigrate them or anything, but just repeat what was said yeah. in a more firm way or interrupt yeah. them in a way that keeps <laughs> them from like expanding their thought. Yeah. So I think the theme here is, and I think even Meg kind of said it a second ago is the idea is like, all of these things are are things that are elemental to human existence and society and people of, of uh, in you know places of authority are there to suppress and simplify and dumb down and keep you in line you know mm-hmm. kind of thing so that's like a, that's 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 there's like a there's a you know that's kind like of, throughout everyone like exactly what you just said is yeah. it throughout every in some different way yeah and i read another i read another theory that i like um, that I'll, I'll bring up when we get into like episode five, maybe, mm-hmm. but like it kind of gives a more of a, a, an explanation of why everything mm-hmm. is so sort of rigid. Oh, great. That's good. So, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm very, I've watched this so many times, but I haven't mm-hmm. really delved into like, there's, I mean, it's, it, there's so many different layers. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. like even what Meg just brought up, I didn't read any of the theories about it just kind of being the, the the three freudian breakdowns of personality Mm -hmm. but you can totally read it that way and like it's easy to see how like we're inside somebody's head 
but which of, is it like, a person or is it one of the characters? You mm-hmm. never really know. Right. You do get um peeks under the curtain at multiple mm-hmm. times. Right. Not so much in the first episode, but we'll get into it in a sec in, in, in a minute here. Um like one of them I which is one of my favorite lines in the entire series is <clears throat> they're still not getting it. And she's like talking about clouds. Look up at the clouds. You can see things in the clouds. That's creativity. But also go collect leaves and sticks and arrange them into your favorite color, which doesn't mm. you think they're going to like get a bunch of yellow leaves and put them in a pile and a bunch of Mm-mm. green. Leaves, but, <laughs> but no, they're literally arranging sticks to spell the words, the names of the colors and the yellow guy again like the kind of childish dumb guy who the theme continues to be that he is the one that's quickest to question what's happening but just out of pure confusion and he does green and (laughs) she just immediately goes green is not a creative color (laughs) what a timely what a timely video (laughs) which is funny because like They they uh, lay out real quickly like green's not a creative color so like that's a rule that's a rule yeah. that's been set down <laughs> but also it's funny because the the main character of duck is green yeah. yeah and he would not be the creative part of the personality that's true too I didn't think about that that's that's most likely true if he is going to mm-hmm. be the you know the uh, um, the super ego if if you will right mm-hmm. um, but anyway uh, yeah and they are like elemental colors essentially like all three of mm-hmm. them right that's a good um, point even well, i feel like no well because well, red red and primary, yellow red and yeah, yellow primary yeah. green is a combination of yellow and blue well i was thinking blue i was thinking him yeah. as, as blue but he's green you're right mm-hmm. yeah he's green but not there's blue. yeah there's no like magenta here it's all because mm-hmm. i even think of like again when it all we'll get to it at the end but like the color switches even seemed a little bit more there's somehow always like a primary and that but that Mm -hmm. could also play into you know what we're talking about with how the brain works is like Mm -hmm. how would red associates a primary so what does that then associate yeah i think there's there's definitely a lot with color in this not just the the colors of the characters but talking about color and the perception of color and you know there's that whole old you know it's i feel like it's kind of a stereotypical thing to talk about when you're stoned in college like (laughs) you know color does exist it's just a wavelength that your brain reads and i might be looking at orange (laughs) totally different than your orange but we both know it's orange anyway so yeah but there's definitely that that there's there's themes of that throughout um and then you know the last thing i'll mention about this episode before ultimately the episode just kind of descends into madness um is uh the yellow guy again the kind of childish one um just goes, I'm going to paint a picture of a clown, which is a little bit more advanced than what they've been talking about. And he's like, and she's like, whoa, friend, you might need to slow down. And then just <laughs> douses it in black ink. <laughs> yeah. Just completely yeah. douses his picture in black ink. Um, and it just pauses and the sound drops out and you just watch black ink run down his happy clown painting. Um so any case, and then, like I said, it ultimately descends into just madness of like insane arts and crafts. You see a quick clip of all three of them are now human size people just like having a full on episode in the kitchen, like freaking <laughs> out, almost like slam dancing in a way. Um, and they're just doing 
crafts with you know glitter and 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 you know pipe cleaners and yeah. normal childhood stuff but then there's like it looks to be some sort of human organ that they're rolling in glitter and you know there's, yeah there's yeah. meat and organs <laughs> and the, the, i took this as so like if we're talking about like creativity and the way things creativity is squashed in kids i i know for sure brian had to be one of these kids but i was one of these kids too i don't know if you were meg you can enlighten us if you want to but mm. I was a kid who was always drawing like zombies and death and destruction and explosions. Mm-hmm. I was and drawing you get yelled at. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's not even like a joke at this point, but it sounds like a joke. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just drawing horses. But, but I mean, that's, that's a thing. That's a thing you get yelled at for. Oh, you yeah. Get, you get yelled I, at. A hundred percent. I actually so much so that when I used to draw things like that and my kids do the same thing and I like to try to like encourage it, but also let make them understand the, that there is some like what what the nature of the social pushback is around that. Um, mm. And and I think, like you know, hopefully, you know, who knows? Nobody, no parent knows that they're doing the right thing or not. But when I was a kid, I quickly realized that if I drew like weird gross stuff and monsters and and death type of things i would get like my somebody would call my parents but Mm -hmm. if i called it army men and it was soldiers (laughs) then it was fine for whatever reason if it was army guys it's fine literally hitting on i think one of the amazing points to this the show the show is like talking about the status quo and i think Mm. that's honestly what excuse me, um, stood out to me so much about this whole series was like, I think it spoke to something in me that as an adult, like as a kid, I was a weird kid. I didn't have a lot of friends. I like mm. then went into sports because I wanted to like fit in and like, you know, have my family be proud of me. Yada, yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going into my fucking childhood traumas right now, but it's still well, like, it is a you, theme of these. We're just going to dive into them right now. We can at yeah. some point. Um, <laughs> But I, but what I love is that because I, I think there is like, not I don't know if subversive is like the right word for it of like when we see people doing something that doesn't really fit in the norm, like people don't understand why because people just don't understand. And so I, in I, when I hear of a kid drawing something that might be questionable, it's like there's no way to express that. Mm-hmm. And then you want to understand what is there something to worry about or is it just something that they're into like yeah, oh, kids are just you, curious Brian, you, you Brian you grew up around an aunt who had like like influence horror in your life mm-hmm. you could genuinely just be like no I fucking love this but another well, and kid she would might encourage do that it. and also she was she would tell my parents like fucking chill he just likes this stuff like relax exactly you know what i mean like she was the she was the the voice of reason where yeah i mean i see it in my, my ki- kids are just curious about shit my kids ask me shit all the time that i have no idea how to answer and it's so yeah. innocent too because <laughs> like, again do you it, think it goes- god exists and if he does does he care about us like like Whoa. my kids will what say stuff fuck? like that i'm like um <laughs> no and no, I guess. <laughs> Have fun. Here's your peanut well, butter and jelly. Like, but there yeah. is another aspect of it too, where like when we don't know how to express ourselves, sure, it might come out in those type of forms. Mm-hmm. But like going back to the whole status quo thing, it should always be like trying to understand why someone thinks the way they think. And I think that that's my my lesson as a third mid my middle 30 years of life Mm -hmm. is that just ask people what they mean Mm -hmm. because we don't have like we have this 
insane communication system that has actual no meaning for anyone. And we all somehow have a version of it ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I think there is an overlying theme. Probably why I like this so much is not just the the series. And I'm talking as a series as a whole, not just as, um, you know, communication of, of a message, not just the themes, but the overall kind of um, rebellious level of creativity that has to go into the creation of this of this episode or of this series is like we've spent hundreds of hours doing something that 99% of people will be made very uncomfortable by, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there, they they know, they know going into the project that it's going to be a very niche thing that it's Mm -hmm. going to annihilate. They're, they're already alienating themselves by making it. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing with horror movies. Anybody, anybody who makes a horror movie really knows they're like, ah, I'm not going to hit everybody. I'm going to hit right. teenagers and I'm going to hit weirdos in their 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something of like the the, the weirdo crowd. But like, I think the Can other I make thing. a weird observation in my own life right now. And this mm-hmm. is like totally it, it's it's for real, but like a joke mm-hmm. in my mind, too. Mm-hmm. Also that like being on the dating apps and I'm like, I come off as the horror loving metalhead mm-hmm. chick. I am the weird one on those dating apps. I sure. attract the weird ones back. Sure. Yeah. But those are also like, I, I, I mean, I think there's some, uh, we're getting into pretty off the wall existential discussions, sure. which are fun. And we've this went through one, one of six, <laughs> one of six, three minute things. Um, like we've already spent five times more time talking than the episode actually run its runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is I think another that, five hour episode. <laughs> no, but I like, I like the, the kind of like one of the underlying themes that's always very, um, I don't know attractive to me is like kind of communicate especially when it's talking about kids in this you know in this series is like the the underlying thing of the I hesitate to use the word courage but kind of the courage it takes to uh, question things and be be and do what you want Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and like I think that's part of the part of the overall uh, theme, certainly of the first one and, and throughout. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, it's like themes we see all the time, whether we're talking about horror or other things and we hear repeated it repeatedly um, mm-hmm. is what I still appreciate about this is that it's going to hit a different audience. It, mm-hmm. And like, obviously it blew up and was definitely uh, like it, you know, obviously was able to get a show out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think as much as I hate always beating a dead horse on things, sometimes you just need to hear things, the same things over and over again. Yeah. Like to hit more people and understand it. And Mm. these themes that we're talking about, I think are important, at least in my brain, but yeah. Any hopes. Any other, uh, Steve, you were going to say something about final thought on the, on the first one here. No, I didn't have any final thoughts on this one. No, no. Um, anyway, so like I said, it descends into mad- madness and then it's just, it's just kind of, it, it, it ends abruptly as you might it imagine. Was, it was good that it ended like, I think in a gory way too. I think it brought yeah. the gore early on that, you know, um, I even read and it was a good description of her, this whole series was that mm-hmm. like, you know, in a lot of ways, like it made you feel, I think safe and secure because it was a familiar puppet thing, but also then, um, had this way about it to disrupt that comfort. Mm-hmm. yeah it's almost like a, I, I don't know if the ultimate message was that the like a, a true pursuit pursuit of creativity is gonna 
potentially end in just madness and chaos. Um, I don't know if that was the overall theme, but that is felt like what the ending brought us to, you know, mm-hmm. um, but any case we'll t- we'll talk about overall you know some of the some of the the uh meanings of the whole thing at the end but the second um episode is mm, man it's hard to pick a favorite it's like picking a favorite kid here because they're all they're <laughs> all so good but like this one might be my favorite is time um and it's them just sitting in a in a different setting in a living room um and they are waiting for their same you know they're doing this mundane task of waiting until their their program is going to start their show and they're just sitting in like the tv room and all of a sudden the clock on the wall starts talking and it's usually something that is in the room starts talking to them so the sketchbook in the first one now the clock on the wall starts talking and just talking about the nature of time which is of course a very um like something that humans just you know, do not understand the nature of time. Like, I think that's probably safe to say in most, like, um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's too pie in the sky or too like, um, controversial to say, like, we don't understand the true nature of time, right. As human not, beings, not just the nature, but just like the general concept of like before us and after us are foreign, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like we can measure time, which, you know, which is what the clock does. Yeah. And, and, and that becomes a theme in this episode of like, the clock is very rigid about, no, no, we use me to measure time. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, yeah the, it, it, as you're saying, Brian, like the entire concept is like time only exists because we gave it a name. Yeah, it's but a human it's, construct kind of thing. Yeah, but it existed before us and it'll exist after us. And it's a thing that we can't control. You know, it's a yeah. fo- it's one of those forces that we have absolutely no control over. Yeah. And that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But we still so. follow it. I think there's also this level of like we follow it without thinking. And how mm-hmm. timely, guys, that it was daylight savings. It was that we did um, spring forward. But yeah, no, no, I love that, too. And it's like but we still follow it so blindly without questioning and not necessarily that there has to be a questioning of it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like there is a lot of questioning around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it was something we created meaning to in this very meaningless existence. I, I find it so interesting. So two two things, like just just to piggyback off what you're saying. One is, um, you know, the idea of challenging it, and these these characters that pop up to explain things in each one of these episodes that are the people that need to like try to maintain the status quo. Um, they kind of seem to be very forcefully trying to reduce their own cognitive dissonance <laughs> a little bit. Like if you get too deep, it's too scary. So shut up, shut up. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 there's it's like rules we and we got to follow it down. them. Yeah. Stuff it down. It's scary. Don't bring it up kind of thing. Um, but also, uh, th- this just got me thinking about this whole debate that's happening right now on specifically, like I'm seeing a lot of headlines and, and stuff on social media about the potential for the, f- you know, people adopting the four day work week mm. and the reactions of absolute pure, just viscera yeah. <laughs> that people spit back at the idea of the four day work week. People are like, you lazy millennial motherfuckers yeah. only want to work four days. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so- I mean, at least in America, you know? <laughs> Yeah, America. it's just so funny to free. get so worked up about the idea of a four-day work week. It's just spitting in the face of it. Oh, the it's everything fathers. that we did, it's everything we 
and like meanwhile like there are there absolutely already are jobs like a, mm. my last factory job we yeah. did we did four tens yeah for like a month and then we would do like other a, a different schedule the next mm. month to make up for that can i make a point steve I worked, though I is that when tens, people yeah, do four a days time. a week in other countries they're still working like six or eight hours mm-hmm. they just, well, yeah, they just yeah. recognize that when you actually value people's time that they value your company a little bit better mm-hmm. and you do more work in a shorter period amount of time i'm just gonna say wow oh, yeah no we're gonna, no you're we're gonna piss like, a lot of people off with this episode and i'm so excited well i it. think that i mean just just not to go too far on this tangent but i think that's what a lot of people learn during the pandemic is like how little work they actually do during the day because oh, yeah. they sat at home and they realized oh i don't have somebody over my shoulder micromanaging me i can mm-hmm. do my four tasks of the day and then i'm fucking free for the rest of it i can go do my right. laundry and my banking and whatever so yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it, totally. yeah it, it's just one of those things that you know again the systems have been set up do not question the systems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're there totally. for a reason they're there so you know it, it's almost like we're trying to squash a f- uh, our own fear but also we manifest that fear as if we ch- question too much society will spiral into chaos like that's also, yeah. also there's just the general anger of like other people and especially mm-hmm. older generations of I had to follow the system. You have to follow the system. Oh, yeah. It's like student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Even just thinking <laughs> yeah. about like it, we haven't touched the nutrition episode, but even just like my parents being like, it didn't hurt me when I ate that. I'm like, yeah, but y'all are getting cancer and shit like that. And like, you're not healthy. What yeah. the fuck? Like, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go, t- gonna go take some vitamins <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. E3 because I live in a gray city. Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah, there's there is so much uh um yeah, this is almost reads like a like a weird fiction, you know, uh, kind of weird fiction story kind of thing, especially the time one, but um so they they keep doing a lot of like kind of gags around the idea of literally the word time. And like mm-hmm. one of the ones I wrote down this crescent, a time that's dragging all or no, a time that's dragging all the time. It's time to go do time. Or something mm-hmm. like that. They, they just do like it's just like words. It becomes word soup at some point. Uh, but I, you know, OK, I, this just popped in my brain, it, but it's also related to this episode of like oftentimes too. I think like the way we are designed in like status quo and I'm sure many people can echo this, too, is like time can oftentimes be this like jail in our brain, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to do 50 million tasks and now I can't do any of them. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh man, just even going into further that way. Yeah. Guys. Like it's, it's, it's like the, yeah, the the idea of like time as a finite thing is, uh, I don't know, hilariously futile to me, like Mm -hmm. in a way where I like it, if you think about it enough, it's like, I, I I like this is way way like uh, guys I am not stoned right now uh, but <laughs> it's gonna sound like it. Um, I love the idea of thinking about death and time um, as a finite thing because it, it makes me feel less pressure. You know what I mean? Like I was just talking about that with somebody lately, and they were like you know, there's just so much going on and like, oh, you're going to die. You're not going to control the things that you're doing. I'm like, no, that is the best thing. That's mm-hmm. memento mori, though. I think you're just yeah, you have to, you know, d- we are all going to die. And all of this shit that we think of as 
stressful and hugely impactful our life doesn't matter at all. And I find a great amount of comfort in that. All right. Who wants to join <laughs> this absurdist cult yeah. uh, where nothing means anything except for what we give meaning to? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. then we just want to remind each other daily that we're going to die and then we do cool shit. I've been <laughs> writing a story that is essentially that theme, um, but it's called Baloney Church. And it's just oh about these people who create this big thing that yeah it's it's yeah. I'm we, excited. We just, yeah i've been writing a story that is literally that theme called baloney church and actually i have a email probably that i've drafted and haven't sent to steve yet about how we're gonna potentially make a beer <laughs> called baloney church and Excellent. it's you just gonna like be fucking BCC real dumb me and i just want to yeah. watch i just want to i'll read it <laughs> yes i yes. don't need to be i don't need to be on the replies but there's also a part of it where like there's these the giant worms that spin the meat silk to make the baloney it's fucking yeah. great <laughs> it's oh real God. dumb um anyway <laughs> guys it ultimately lands on uh we also get in, in uh, introduced to our uh yellow guys dad in this one and you get I'm friends with my dad <laughs> i'm friends with my dad my dad is a computer uh, which reminded me of the gi joe psas right, which we yeah. talked about recently hey kid i'm a computer i'm a computer um but his dad is just i guess his name is roy which i didn't realize till i started like looking into the imdb but mm -hmm. he's just like a a big creepier version of yellow guy he's a yeah he's a bigger blanker version <laughs> of yellow guy he looks like he is he's almost if a puppet can have a look on its face this puppet has like a look on its face of like i just had a, a, a major head injury and i'm also <laughs> criminally insane yes mm -hmm. <laughs> what does dad remind me of like definitely a serial killer yeah but like he's definitely dead in the eyes. And it's I mean, a it's it's got you a little know, like bit of a one. it's got a little bit of a wrong turn feel to it because like he has like stringy <laughs> patchy hair. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. He has this very like oily looking patchy hair. Um. Yeah. It's it's a very creepy puppet. But um. Anyway, also, so I'm looking I'm looking at the puppet and the <laughs> the the pupils of the eyes are they're wall eyed, so they're looking off in different directions. So. Yeah, he looks like a bass. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's so creepy. And he's just like, my dad's a computer. Like, and the, I'm friends the, with the, my dad. <laughs> thing about Yellow Guy is he's such like a tragic figure. And we'll get into the next one, which is love, which he really becomes a tragic figure. Mm -hmm. um, but he has this like mentality of a child. And I think he's supposed to represent like like we talked. You could talk about in the Freudian sense or just the fact that he is almost like this like innocent not that he's innocent as much as he doesn't have ulterior motives. Right. Like he, everyone else seems to. Yeah. He's this, he's a sense of wonder and curiosity. Yes. That's a better way of putting it. Um, and, uh, and then he, but he also ha obviously has like a lot of like, look, he's depressed and lonely and mm -hmm. doesn't really have anybody in his life that like treats him with respect. And so like, he's always bringing up his dad <laughs> like, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of melancholy in a way, but also kind of funny. Um, anyway, uh, but ultimately, you know, as you might imagine, the whole thing descends into this, like just chaos, um, just soaked with existential dread about aging and decomposition decomposition and death and being forgotten by time and you know just really really exacerbating all the fears people have about the passing of time basically um 
but I won't get too granular and spoil every little thing of it, but it, it's, it's the, the one thing also I should mention, you know, we talked about how it's a, uh, all these are musical numbers, you know, there's a whole, most mm-hmm. of the stories told through a song. The songs are alarmingly catchy. Like they mm-hmm. are absolute fucking earworms. Um, every yeah. one of them, especially the, uh, the, the, the computer one, the technology one, like I'll just, we'll get to that one, but I just walk around my house going, I'm a computer I'm a computer guy like that just sticks in my fucking head so hard. Um, and this guy, the, the clock, he almost has a, a David Bowie type of solo in the middle. It's really fucking weird. I love this one, though. Um, but any other thoughts on time before we uh, no. move I, on? I think like this one you say is your favorite. I, I think this one's pretty good because it starts establishing Mm-hmm. more of the clues and more of like the world mm-hmm. but in general i think just like the way it kind of comes down to the end of just like yeah it, i don't know it just felt like something maybe that was inherently known in a lot of people of yeah, like yeah, yeah time just will just break you down like you should know yeah. that <laughs> yeah you should, you should it's true I, I i agree with that one i now that i'm looking through them more I, it's it's probably one of my <laughs> not least favorites because i love it but I was look. I have one through three on the front of my piece of paper, mm-hmm. and then four through six on the back. And I'm like, oh, four and five are both better than this. They're, yeah, <laughs> five is so batshit nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and even the love one, which we're about to get into, is is really great too. Um, and they they honestly get progressively better. I would say the one that takes an absolute left turn is six, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about, which is probably my least favorite, but it's still really good. Um. Anyway, so so number three is is love or friendship, I guess, would be the theme, one or the other. Um, And it starts out they're at they're having what they refer to as a chicken picnic, (laughs) which is the three of them. I love that so much. I genuinely was just like I which reminded me of Steve's picnic chicken from uh, from uh, amusement park. Yeah. And our conversation about picnic chicken. Yeah. It's like, again, it goes back to that theme of like this comfort of like, I know what a picnic is. I know what it is. I want to have some like chicken, but Mm -hmm. it's raw chicken with (laughs) eggs and like everything. It's a bloody real fast. You're like, you just always have this weird, uncomfortable feeling. Oh, something about puppets eating raw chicken is one of those fucking weird things. Chicken. Also that. <laughs> Not even thinking about the fact that he's a duck. Just something about ru- like even as a puppeteer in real life, not in the story of a puppet holding or touching raw chicken, like yeah. the fibers of it is just a Cold very gross and thing. slimy and yeah. sitting yeah, just sitting in the mouth of the puppet, which is sitting in the hand of somebody else. It's so yeah. gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're also, having a sidebar, ch- we, I'm sure we we haven't fully talked on it, but like the puppeteers were fucking brilliant. Like oh, I they feel do like a great a, job. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I just again, there's something about it is like when you have this almost mildly inanimate object that's mm-hmm. able to have emotion and like character, and you feel it. You're like, oh, oh yeah, I have such. I, I, you, I have no. I mean, it's only a matter of time before I get in like into actually doing puppets as an adult. Like I'm not Ryan, old enough for it to be like creepy. You seem like a person who would get into puppet. I would totally do puppets. I love a f- I love puppets. To someone that would have been an insult. Yeah, I for me, I'm like, I think I can do puppets. Yeah. Like just <laughs> me being just completely fucking like just have no idea what it entails. Guys, and I I'm just, going to Michael's after this. <laughs> I'm literally gonna build puppets. But I, I have love so much felt. I love puppeteering. I love watching like I like I said, I was obsessed with 
Jim Henson and the Muppets when I was a kid. Absolutely mm. fucking obsessed. Still, still kind of am. Um, but just Are like, you, yeah. I have a question. It, Are there? Do you know, um, Brian? You have guest children. Like, mm-hmm. there a lot. Of, like I, when we grew up, there were so many puppet esque mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm thinking like Golden Gold Island. Like I'm thinking like, uh, oh yeah, Castle, yeah. Raggle Rock, uh, like, all the whole, everything Fraggle, Jim Henson, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But uh, do kids have that these days, or is that creepy? No, no, there are definitely still puppets nowadays. I, f- I feel like they're they're experiencing like a, a bit of a a bit of a resurgence almost, um, where like I think kids are getting a little fed up with. Um, with like uh, uh like computer animated stuff mm. and it's getting back to a little bit more like traditional not, not necessarily traditional um uh animation because like i think that's still just like so cost prohibitive <laughs> for people yeah. that they don't do mm-hmm. it as much but no absolutely my kids definitely have, have seen you know definitely I, i'm trying i'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head right now aside from the muppet show because we literally well, and the Muppets still exist, you know what I mean? And like they're they're still modern incarnations of the Muppets. Yeah, and all these channels are allowing them to like play, you know, like mm-hmm. so kids get to watch the show we watched. Yeah. Because it was the best. Yeah. You guys so, you guys want to know a secret? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I worked on a puppet show. Did you? Mm-hmm. Steve's a puppeteer. I was not a puppeteer, I was a writer. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. What's the name Fucking of the Megan. show? <laughs> it is it was it was fucking a show. The name Megan. of the show is fucking Megan. Fucking Megan. <laughs> it was a show. Um, there was a couple guys who they were like they were video production out of uh, like Stroudsburg mm. in, in the eastern part of PA, and they wanted to start their own like PBS type show. Mm-hmm. And so they they built this show called Phoebe's Hop and Shop. And oh boy, does that look, sound familiar? Weirdly familiar. You, it's possible you saw it because it did mm-hmm. air on like PBS in the um, kind of in the PA area in uh, New Jersey and New York. And what year would this Delaware? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah. See, my kid, my kids were uh, my my oldest wasn't wasn't born yet, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that would be really interesting. I'm I'm not sure, like. It just sounds familiar enough where I've like seen it pop up or whatever. I mean, My kids are obsessed still, with PBS. It's still technically still on the internet, but yeah, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, they they just were looking for a writer, and it was me and another guy, and we worked on it, and like we had to pass all the scripts through a uh, through a university to get like accredited. So like they had to be yes. accredited by sure. an education, you know, so, yeah, but they built all of these puppets and I'm trying to bring up the fo- bring up a photo for you guys to see. But it was uh, like they built a convenience store is what it was. OK, so it was a convenience store where everybody could like go in and like learn. And they had this kids. sounds so fucking familiar. They had kids come in and like interact with the puppets and everything. Yeah, they had a giant kangaroo lady. Yeah, and then she interacted with a refrigerator, and <laughs> a, it was a pair computer, Apple yeah, pair. Yeah. yeah, and then they yeah. had a cash register that. Yeah, so I'm very familiar with the this. Like, Shit, I, I would kill to work on a fucking puppet series like that. I love, uh, like I said, my so my kids. You can see like they just gravitate towards it so so much. Like we watch we watch the Muppet Show and we watch a lot of um 
you know, all the Muppet movies and, you know, Muppet Treasure Island and, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol around the holidays and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And you could just mm-hmm. tell like they it just resonates with them. We watched Labyrinth. Me and my oldest watched Labyrinth for the first time yeah. probably in the last few months. And she was blown the fuck away by it. Like yeah. it was just like she she was enthralled. And it's tricky for somebody who's like you know i mean she's eight years old like that has so much just like you know so many media outlets mm-hmm. um to, to choose from random or i mean i'm sorry seldomly do you see her just go like get absolutely enthralled with something and labyrinth mm. did that yeah, there's something cool. i think like maybe it's a reminder of like the whole analog aspect of it there's something about puppeteer that has like it's a progressive in nature where you can talk about whatever you want but like it mm-hmm. installs a lot of like analog feel. What the fuck is your background? Now? Well, that's what he was it's talking all the about. Puppets. Are... I was just talking about oh, Meg. The, okay. <laughs> Pay attention, Meg, while we're working. <laughs> I'm not. Just a, just a quick just a quick note. All those puppets also were built by the same people who built the puppets for Avenue Q. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Which is which is uh, another adult puppet thing. <laughs> yeah. That that was like uh, here. Like there was a like a play version here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did like a bar for when is ever fun. Cool. I fucking love me some puppets, you guys. Um, okay, so, but, ta- so ta- ta- we're learning today. At least we all are having our own existential crisis, and we all hate the status quo. And B, we all like puppets. Okay, two. Yeah, we have one more thing to learn tonight. Never trust a person who doesn't like puppets. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so they're having a chicken picnic. We're getting back to episode three, love. Here we're getting a chicken picnic, um, and the inciting incident basically is that uh, uh, a duck smashes uh, a butterfly that's flying by, mm-hmm. and calls it a pesky bee it's not it's a butterfly um so there's some other you know meaning to that because this is a reoccurring thing but anyway that's the inciting incident and it really like disturbs and upsets yellow guy and he runs away climbs a tree and just is like sitting there like just weeping about the death of this this butterfly um and uh and then another talking butterfly approaches him in such a creepy but meaning seemingly innocent way but it's just the way it's written is so brilliant because it seems so earnest but there's just enough of a like uncanny valley thing happening where they're communicating subtly from the beginning you're like is this butterfly like obviously has something else going on but you don't know what i you know like i initially was like oh this is kind of cool it's like just like going following just like letting the story be but i feel like the more i watched it the more i felt there was like a dissociation factor for it obviously Mm -hmm. we saw that you know it's like this is just a figment of his imagination and like there's some sort of subtle thing in his brain that's like bringing this aspect of thing to life and i'm sure Mm -hmm. there's probably more to it and that was just like a way over simplification or one avenue of what it meant but i just had this huge dissociation factor yeah yeah he like comes he comes up and is like he's he's empathizing with yellow guy who is you know you've kind of picked up at this point is like the the one that's the most vulnerable and his friends you know the two other main characters like care about him but not really like and you even see that when they're like you know where'd he go and they're like i don't know and they're like 
but well, I do want to eat this chicken. And the red guy's like, <laughs> I, I too would like to eat the chicken, you know? And yeah. they're just mm-hmm. like, basically leave him to his own devices because they care more about what's happening with them. And they just kind of let him off to like, you know, basically be, be miserable. And the whole idea mm-hmm. is this butterfly comes up and is, has identified him as somebody who's vulnerable that he can manipulate. And he starts to talk about love and friendship and like, we're friends and come meet my other friends and we love you and you, all you need is to be loved and we'll give you that, you know, and it quickly spirals into, um, pretty clearly, which I gotta ask this is one of my favorite lines. I like blurt laugh every time is when the, the, uh, just the yellow guy again he's like it's almost a homer simpson type of character like he's mm-hmm. so dumb he doesn't understand what's happening and you don't always understand how little he understands you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like the, the the homer simpson gag like gime what's a gime oh a gime it's kind of uh, like that yeah <laughs> but it's like he goes he's telling him all the stuff about like it's all about love and there's so much violence and hate in the world and it doesn't have to be like that like we'll be here for you and then yellow guy just goes uh, a little baby pigeon. <laughs> he's not a pigeon. He's clearly an insect. And he's clearly just hypnotized by what he's saying, but he doesn't understand it at all. Uh, it's just, there's it's, nothing he's not funny. Is this, yeah. Do you guys at all get like, not direct but religious vibes from this section of like, oh, just it's the a cult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, cult it was like, obviously, but like, in in more modern normal way like this is just what religion is like follow me follow me yeah, yeah it's i mean okay so on the on the very obvious surface level it's a cult that he's yeah. being indoctrinated mm. to right. but i think the overarching thing is that every religion is a cult because yeah. if you notice very specifically like they're pretty homophobic yes. about <laughs> the way he loves yeah. So like, so you get they're learning about love and like they're telling them, you know, hey, we all love each other and everybody loves. And then yellow guy starts going off on his own again, yeah. having his own thoughts. And he's like, oh, well, I love this tree and I love this stick. And they're like, no, 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 not like that. You don't <laughs> no, love you that to love one, one. Yeah. You're special yeah. one. You're special yeah. one, yeah. which yeah. is clearly a female in their mind. For it's this clearly story. a female yeah. because yeah. like yeah. they have. They, they represent it twice of like they have stick figures hanging from a tree mm-hmm. and they're like, he's made for her and she's made for him. Yes. That's how it we goes. Yeah. And then so, they, have, and they even talk about a ring. And yes, mm-hmm. it's this like purity culture thing. But mm-hmm. then you you get these quick little um, blurbs just from little phrases that some of them subtle, some of them not subtle, that the other woodland characters that he goes to meet that are all in this cult are suggesting that their reason for being there is all different like like there's one character that you kind of get the pretty clear idea is like a fucking sociopath and just wants to control people then there's another one of the characters that like is obviously like very damaged and is just there for like basically comfort and community mm-hmm. and then there's another one who's like a squirrel or something that's clearly just like being made very horny by the whole thing yeah and has like like um because he's like petting the squirrel and he's like harder like or something like the squirrel does. um so it's like all of these people are just getting what they want from this weird um yeah you know, this weird religion like, cult thing when mm-hmm. you just said that I just realized that the type of love I want is the same love that Bruce feels when I scratch his ear and he gets really into it. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's it's like comfort, but also maybe a little bit horny. Like, like yeah. 
<laughs> Please don't associate my dog getting horny or me scratching his ear. Cause yeah, listen, I, I have a dog too, and I rub his belly, and he loves it, and he looks at me like you're my best friend, but then he also has a boner sometimes. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, a, he's an animal. He's a dumb animal. He doesn't know what these things mean. He's a sweet boy. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, but anyway, so so the 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 godlike thing is this big like almost Easter Island type idol made of like I don't know like sea glass or something I don't mm. know and 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 its name's Malcolm yes <laughs> just even funnier <laughs> not only because we have a friend Malcolm yeah uh, but also because that's just like such a stereotypical like authoritarian british name i feel yeah, like <laughs> it feels so british i was just like yeah. here's malcolm you feed malcolm gravel to appease him <laughs> or he'll malcolm get mad also if you don't feed him sounds gravel. like a name that is like the son of someone who is the authority who has to kind of like mm-hmm. pretend like he knows what he's doing but he's like also just like the normal fuck up but he his name sounds very authoritarian yeah yeah mm-hmm. like he he's like a like malcolm you think is like a rich guy's son who's a sociopath and has created this cult you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like but he, he the and malcolm probably to, doesn't listen to our show so we can tell him <laughs> oh no not that malcolm although he is no, no, also no, no, british i want to tell i want to tell him <laughs> yeah <laughs> this but, is what uh, we hear about your name yeah <laughs> also love you man <laughs> um but uh the, the the butterfly you quickly realize is like basically the recruiter for the cult so mm-hmm. it kind of he's almost doing like a flirty fishing type of thing <laughs> which is like <laughs> even more like disturbing he, it's the shoulder shrug yeah <laughs> Yeah. But um, and anyway, anyway, so ultimately, yellow guy starts to get freaked out, but is also still intrigued because he's getting attention in a way he didn't before. And eventually. Red guy and and duck do come and find him up the tree and have uh, saved the last egg for him. They they ate all the chicken so they kind of wanted to come find him, but not until they ate all the chicken. Right. But they yeah, did save no. him the last egg. Uh, and, and they say it's a hard boiled egg and they bring it to him and like, you, you know, you were worried about me. He's like, yeah, we've been looking for you all day. Meanwhile, they really haven't. Right. But, yeah. And then they give him the egg and out of the egg hatches this weird little like primordial worm <laughs> or something. Caterpillar. Yeah. And then. Duck quickly smashes it and says, pesky bee. And then that's, <laughs> you know, that's the end. Um, yeah. So so I think the idea is supposed to be like that they like the, these feelings that you're getting and the reaction that you're getting from like religion and and like insincere relationships in your life are just there for like little dopamine bursts or something you know what i mean almost yeah they're just Uh, pesky bees that are distractions from the chicken don't let yourself be distracted from the chicken the chicken (laughs) is important chicken rules god the chicken chicken rules (laughs) the chicken is god um chicken is god heard yeah fuck we should make shirts no explanation fuck malcolm the chicken is god (laughs) (laughs) and then in parentheses pesky bee pesky Pesky bee pesky bee um all right let's jump into four we'll, we'll go through you know i think uh we'll probably go through these a little quicker just because you know we could sit and talk about these all day but four yeah. m- might be my fate four or five are probably my favorites honestly yeah. now that i'm thinking about it um four is technology and uh it's kind of this like 
uh, technology used as a tool to manipulate people, I guess, is probably mm-hmm. the overarching theme. Um, and and, and also, also like not an interesting thing, though, too, um, as we get through, like there's also this like holding on to the past aspect of this, mm-hmm. you know, like because I feel like the way they integrate it between that, um, you know, the older computer, like the one we saw in like in the 90s of sorts, yeah. at least was mm-hmm. like one of the first computers. Oh, I had. it's like, oh, I see what you're saying. It's like an old like, guard type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Versus like where then it pushes you into like all of this, like very fast paced. What is the future holding kind of thing? And yeah. I, I, honestly, that just came to my brain. So like whether there's no, I agree with that because they not. even say at one point they're like, we have a So anyway, I sh- I'll, I'll take a step back. But basically, they're sitting there playing a game. It seems to be some sort of trivia game. And one of the questions is like, what is the biggest thing in the world? You know, some like really broad, unanswerable question. Um, and yellow guys like a mountains. <laughs> like, I love saying <laughs> a Something plural. A plural. (laughs) It's so funny to me. (laughs) A mountains, a sky. Like he's there. And they're like, no. They're just like, you know, and and then, you know, red guy's like, I wish we had some way to learn more about the world. And then they look over, they all turn their head, and there's a globe there. And they're like, oh, the globe is gonna be the character that pops up here that's in the you know, that's in the periphery. Um, and it does, the globe turns around but before the globe can say anything an old like ibm desktop computer pops up behind it i played an old 386 game on a computer like that yeah it's a number munchers computer you know Mm -hmm. with like a floppy disk slot and all that stuff oh yeah that game was sick no i I think think it's even interesting like what you're saying oh yeah that game is sick (laughs) it was i had so much fun playing the dark wing oh i love no 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 sorry uh yeah we play different games so that's fine um all the same (laughs) floppy disks for sure um yeah no, no, no. Uh, I what I like about what it could possibly be saying is like there's an aspect of go and see the world and learn about the world versus like what we have accessible like once technology was introduced. Yes, it's just it, like no, you can learn about the world and just like run on this computer right here. It's mm-hmm. a very superficial, invasive understanding of the world kind of thing. Even yeah. and they even going back to your your um your thing about like the old guard type of thing. This this computer we quickly realize is there to it's a very self-serving form of technology. Mm-hmm. Whereas there is, he goes, we have a computer. He looks over, there's a laptop there. And he's like, no, no, no. Cause that's like you doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's the globe, which is like, no, go actually go experience the world. But no, mm-hmm. this, this loud form of technology, the self-serving form of technology is here to, to, to reel you in, you know what I mean? And, and get what it wants out of you, which is um, essentially information and attention, <laughs> you know, I think mm-hmm. is the, the theme. So it's like information literally is like, <laughs> that's my favorite that's part of it. Yeah. When he's going, um, Oh boy, I didn't write it down, but he's saying something along the lines of like, all right, we're almost ready. I just need a little bit of information. What's your name? Oh. What's your address? What's ooh, your favorite ooh, color? Ooh. In that yeah. particular Spaghetti. one, it was just, it was the ASL when AOL became a thing. It was, right. yeah, I need your ASL. And yeah, that's yeah. how the computers, it was all downhill text, from there. I still text my friend Brian occasionally and just text him either ASL question mark or want a cyber <laughs> pretty regular basis. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. And he's going, and then it's like, and they're just willingly answering it. He's like, where do you live? <laughs> and duck goes, 
I live at my house. Yeah. <laughs> such a good line. It's just so innocent and they're being Ooh. taken advantage of. They don't even realize Can I it. I tell you guys a really funny story just based yeah. on what that line in particular, you guys are going to laugh at me. Yeah. Um, this is how naive I've always been my entire life. Um, you know how like uh, the old radio stations, like rock stations, they do like a top 10 and you have to like call in and then you like win yeah, yeah. something mm-hmm. if you like can name all the songs. Sure. Well, I finally got on one once this is how to have been in like seventh grade eighth grade okay. maybe. and they're like where are you calling from and i responded in my basement <laughs> <laughs> i still think about that okay. no not regularly but no that's, that's like that, that's like where my kid you know my kids you know are like uh th- they did a thing one time where it was like this was maybe even a couple years ago and they did a little um like end of the school year interview thing for a clip show for all the parents to watch whatever and the, mm-hmm. they said something about like they didn't say where do you live but it was something about where you live and my uh and my youngest was just like the united states like because <laughs> <laughs> that's like they didn't know it's like it's like that episode of it's always funny good. sunny where charlie charlie doesn't realize the relationship between philadelphia and pennsylvania yeah, Philadelphia. He knows he lives in Philadelphia, but he doesn't know it's part of Pennsylvania. No, he doesn't get it. He's like, if you leave the city of Philadelphia, are you? No, he thinks that when you okay. leave the city of Philadelphia is when you're in Pennsylvania. Like he doesn't get that. Yeah, it's a really like funny that. bit. No. Anyway, I um, like it so much. Yeah, and they're just talking about. So then it's like, what's your blood type? You know, of course, keeps asking more and more like intrusive questions, um, and uh, and then. Uh, eventually they're getting frustrated with the computer because it's just spitting so many questions and just assaulting them with uh with stimuli and and requests for information and stuff that eventually doc just gets pissed off and like like punches the keyboard or something and it just shrieks don't touch me and just shrieks in this like high pitched like technological you know uh, uh uh like digital scream yeah um also, like it's just it's just talking about how smart it is. The internet, you know, the, it, it's singing this little song. Like I was talking about, it's incredibly. It's such an earworm for me. After I watch this, I'll be walking around forever, going, <laughs> so "I'm such a clever guy." Like it just is such an earworm. Um, and he talks about how it's 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 um, some of the kind of keywords, kind of like time was in the in the time one, where they're like, "It's time to have time and time to time and all this stuff." This one, it's like digital and the idea of like an avatar in the internet not being you is a concept that they're trying to explain to the group and they're just not getting it and it's becoming more and more convoluted but then also simultaneously like telling the story of how people's personas do get mutated kind of if you will on the internet um so uh eventually they are sucked into the computer so to speak and you're seeing the digital version of them um and the computer keep they're like well, what can we do here at the internet and they're and they're like three things <laughs> just three <laughs> things you can do and the first one is various types of graphs they just keep talking about various types of graphs the second one is digital style <laughs> It's just, just such a like. I wrote that down as a great beer thing. name. I'm not going to lie. Digital style. That is a great Fucking, beer name. Yeah. But it just keeps showing the duck posing in basically in different outfits, which was like a thing you could do back in like, I remember when we got our first computer dial up internet, you know, got our first like compact 
desktop or whatever. And you like a thing you could do was just like go to. I remember my cousin, her going to like, you know, www.barbie.com and just sitting there and there was just a digital Barbie that she would just try different clothes on. Iterations of that now are when you go to like a Zlul and you can try on glasses Mm -hmm. or on social media where you can act. There's like what is one of the most popular things out there right now is get ready with me videos. You just want to see people put clothes on. What the fuck? It's so weird. There's also so fucking weird. e-girls and you can watch them do try-on videos and they <laughs> try on bikinis for you. Yeah. Shut there's, up. there's that too. There's that too. Uh, now we're in Steve's now. world. It's like, Bobby's, it's like Bobby's world, but it's Steve's world. It's just him watching e-girls try on bikinis. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, and then the third one is just dancing and they're digital like this dancing. is fun digital yeah. dancing this is fun well, and do you just... remember like early on because uh, we're all about the same age is like yeah would you remember like the hamster dance oh yeah, oh, yeah. that like, was website mm-hmm. yeah that like that I was remember the baby that. the dancing baby yeah, yeah. oh on yeah the, we had yeah. a lot of things dancing that was one of the most like infuriating things we used to do in my computer mm-hmm. class is we would load up all of the computers with the hamster dance mm-hmm. and we would like have the we'd have the mm-hmm. fucking uh we'd have them all on mute yeah we'd have them all on mute and then we'd all we'd mute them all at once and the teacher would try to kill us literally just the teacher is is pretending to murder entire class of children in their mind we should all be for next halloween is the hamster dance like i feel like there's like so few kids like that that's just such a of its time type of thing. Like, do people remember that that are like my kids would never fucking know who mm-hmm. the kid, like I even teenagers would kn- that was such a of its time, like 1997 thing. Yeah. It's so wild. Um but anyway, uh such a nineteen ninety-seven thing. Yeah, it's just like it existed for eighteen months. And then it went away. <laughs> like, that was but I it. still, but I still think about it today from time yeah. to time. You well, know? yeah, that's a core memory for you. That's the it, first it time lives, you saw the internet. It lives. I think about it every me. every night. I literally can't come without thinking about the hamster. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the hamster lives in my heart. Like, and yeah. my heart is a like hamster wheel. No, that's like when I when I when I got a finish. I got a quick finish. <laughs> Oh, you sorry. actually uh, can come in the amount of time that that song goes from start to finish. Yeah, Max. Um, but yeah, it's a. So then eventually, you know, we'll get to get through the end of this one. But essentially, you quickly realize. Uh, I mean, a couple things are, are kind of not entirely made clear here, and this is when you start to get a real idea in this episode that maybe th- all of these things we're imagining are either. In one or all of the character, the main characters' heads, or are being inflicted on them in some way, maybe. Um, we're not sure, but you do get kind of a, a snapshot snapshot of, of a couple things. One is like you see this idea of like the first video, especially, um, you know, the, the first the creativity one was shot 
using technology in almost like in a it reminded me of the movie like Capricorn One <laughs> a little bit. Like if you've ever seen Capricorn One where they like, you know, spoiler alert for Cap for a 40 year old movie or something like that, hmm. where um, they're basically a bunch of uh, um, astronauts that are have gotten basically forced into faking the Mars landing. Mm. Um, so, uh, it's a fucking great, great movie. Um, seventies flick, but, um, I said 40, it's probably 50 years old now. Anyway, um, it kind of reminds me of that where like there, there's kind of like just everything's being shot with like almost green screens or, or mocap type of technology. Um, and everything that's actually happening in the real world is just being held up with like, you know, tape and staples just yeah. to, but it but it is enough with the aid of technology to just like completely turn their world upside down um and then eventually you get this idea of like the red guy is maybe imagining all this because he's sitting at the table the dining room table and presumably a lot of time has passed. It's now night and he's being like hypnotized essentially by the computer to be seeing all this, this stuff. And he's like, he's almost been, yeah, I would say hypnotized or in some way. Um, and, and that's the first time you start to see that, that maybe what we're seeing is just a, a weird, you know, third person represent or we get a look at the third person representation of what's actually happening yeah mm-hmm. I, and the other thing is like he's sitting at the table by himself mm-hmm. and occasionally you get like these these glitched in like monstrous versions of duck and yellow guy yes. and, and duck and yellow guy have been the uh probably the most fed and affected in the digital space. So mm-hmm. like you mentioned how like duck is always seeing himself in fashion and yellow guy is pretty entranced by the dancing. Yeah. And so both those parts of your personality are the most played upon by technology because because mm-hmm. everybody, point. everybody needs kind of that dopamine release. So it's either like you get the most satisfaction out of just all the doodads and games and, you know, widgets and muzzles that mm-hmm. are on the internet or, all the information and everything else like that just preys upon your depression and anxiety that yeah. keeps you like doom scrolling mm. and shit like that. So it's well, like, and, and they, they communicate that when they show red guy, he looks mm-hmm. distressed in his enchant- enchantment. You know what I mean? Right. Or entrance entrancement. I don't know if that's a word, but yeah, but he's, he's also the one that breaks off of it. He does. He, yeah. he, he like, cause what, what happens is he breaks off from the computer in the digital world, but then also kind of comes to his own realization of like, Oh, well that if you know, the digital representations of me are just that, and that's just a system that I can break away from. And then he breaks away from the bigger system, which is when he walks on, when he walks off set and walks onto the other set, uh, just to see that, you know, like Brian was saying, everything's just held up by tape and fucking, it's just Mm -hmm. a mop. Oh, yeah. it's just, and then he finds the, you know, it, it becomes cosmic core at that moment because he yeah, sees it becomes the, un- the matrix a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He sees the unknowable. I was like, I was feeling some inception-esque things like, you know, or, and it's just feel like even if you watch it progressively and then get to this point, you're like, wow, this is just like yeah. stories within stories and like what's real. And- well, now, now red guy has 
has red pilled it a little bit or no, mm-hmm. he blue pilled it which one i forget f- which is red, which. Pill, red pill is the one that yeah yeah so i wonder if that's the yeah the red pill and because he almost goes into yeah he took the red pill and so now he can see under the veil mm-hmm. you know that everyone mm-hmm. else is being blinded by a little bit but um and and that comes and back kill in, him. in six <laughs> yeah and then they can and then they Holy presumably shit. kill him i was like um, making a point that we still have what at two episodes left yes and two. To, to like cover and yeah. we we're like two hours in this is how good this is people like it, it yeah. is really worth price. watching in like, multiple especially times especially if you have any interest i think not only in like what we're talking about with cosmic horror but like if you feel like thinking like yeah thinking, i like i can't brain. believe i haven't searched out the the bbc show which by the way we should say um the bbc bbc show just came out um last year just on premiered in the BBC like in the fall. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot um, of sense. Post pandemic, solid yeah. move. Well, apparently I was we reading, I didn't cry. know this. It apparently got delayed because of the somehow the 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 Queen's death like delayed the release of it for mm. some reason. Sense. I don't know because mm. of the media coverage or because there was content that they felt was like I don't know, too sensitive for that time. I have no idea. Hmm. I know Brit- the the Brits, we have some British uh, uh, listeners and, and, and followers on social media. Uh, uh, maybe they can elaborate. Um, I know that the, the, the Brits are weirdly sensitive to that sort of stuff. Like probably more so than we are over here. Absolutely. Uh, we can yeah, give so, a shit. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it literally, if, 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 you know, if, uh, if, 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 the equipment like the president or something like that you know was shot and died or something like that i'll have memes by friday (laughs) yeah if it coincided with like monday night football they wouldn't they wouldn't turn it off like that would be Mm. fantasy football is more important than that in this country they would break into the game to tell about it but they wouldn't cancel the game (laughs) they wouldn't cancel the game right yeah exactly that's a good that's a good way of putting it um in any case, maybe you can elaborate on that. I'd be interested to learn that, learn like culturally maybe what led to that delay. I, it seemed like it was very, fairly minor, but in any case, I, I really want to go. I, I got to go seek that out. But mm-hmm. in any case, um, so getting on to five here, five is is food or um, I heard it's um, described as health or nutrition as mm-hmm. well. Um, but essentially, they're you know they're in the kitchen and they're like you know something's missing. Like what's happening? And all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> A um, a can of some sort of canned food starts talking, and it's like kind of has this like doofy voice, like you wanna have to be healthy, <laughs> like it just kind of <laughs> talks in this weird doofy voice, and then all of a sudden there's a, a a large anthropomorphic steak or some sort of cut of meat that is a person in a costume, but then its face is you know controlled by you know puppeteers, and it is. You know, they're talking about nutrition in some way and being hungry. And they're like, are you hungry? And they're like, no, not really. And then they're like, well, you got to eat to be healthy. And they're like, they just are like kind of oddly force feeding um, their um, like uh, health and and food consumption beliefs, almost like it's mm-hmm. a government um, program, kind of like the old, you know, uh, nutrition uh yeah. Uh, so, uh, so pyramid. Yeah, we had the food pyramid, and then they mm. they just they just call it the food shape or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's anthrop. It's completely amorphous. You know. What yeah. I mean? There's like, and there's like a little side 
you know bar for it that has like milk and cigarettes and one side and it's just like yeah it doesn't make any doesn't make any sense so so i I mentioned before like a theory i was reading and then like this episode really reinforced the theory after like i read the theory and rewatched it again Mm -hmm. and the theory is you know something we've already been touching on a lot about like how systems are fed to us and everything Mm -hmm. but overall the the theory is that this is a lot about um how you become an adult and how your parent forces a lot of things on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the idea is that Roy, obviously yellow guy's dad is forcing all of this on him. And it's like, mm, he's, okay. the, he's the one that stifles creativity. He's the one because he pops up in different parts of every episode, even though if you don't, he's not pointed out. Yeah. So like he's in episode three, like standing next to Malcolm right for a quick shot so like he's forcing those ideas of love on yellow guy mm-hmm. he's forcing uh you know the 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 technology that's used we we're talking about how the computer is older mm-hmm. so that that's more likely roy's computer mm-hmm. and he's forcing those technology it like the way he I learns will, can yeah. i take a take a step back and like like take the lens from being like on the parent is like obviously like our first system is our parents but i mm-hmm. think it's I think like that Roy character like represents more like the systems around us because I think like when we dive into something like food or time or anything like that, these are things that are not necessarily like just like directly taught, but they're like systems that just exist around all of us mm-hmm. that our parents have been taught. And so I just think it's interesting because I think like they they can, like you said, like be really influential on every little aspect of what what we're talking about in this whole food thing. Think about like when our parents and I, I think I already touched on that when I talk about like my parents being like, Oh, well that didn't kill me when I was a kid. And I'm like, yeah, but like we, when we learn more, we do better. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole thing about when we talk about science and all this system and stuff and why that we can debunk it. Well, so and another part of this is that if you look a lot of the foods in the kitchen, they say Roy's, oats they Uh, say roy's sugar so like so it's it's not just necessarily about food it's much more about the nutrition that is put into us Mm -hmm. by like what we learn from our parents and so like it you're being fed roy's oats which is basically you're you're fed your you know your dad's thoughts and feelings yeah Mm -hmm. and like they, they go farther into that with when they're talking about what's good on the food pyramid and what's not And yeah. they talk about like they talk about the plain foods and yeah. like these are the things that go down easy. You just swallow this easy and it goes it doesn't muck up mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they and it it's very specific. I wrote it down because it's so specific in the wording. But yeah. They talk about fancy foods yeah. and they say you take in too many fancy foods. It gums up the works with unnecessary details. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like show offy. It actually calls it show offy foods. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're show offy foods, but they have unnecessary details. So there's like a socioeconomic factor that's like being played into this. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, why would a food have a detail? That's not a detail. That's just like a knowledge base that like is being added to it. So yeah, yeah. that could be like a class related thing too. That like again, bringing in the whole that this like using Roy as like some sort of analogy is like looking at class and structure and stuff like that and what you're fed and like 
what is nutritious and what you should just have mm-hmm. versus like something that is like showboaty and like maybe even a privilege. Um, well, I took I started, it as the other I started, thing I started, is like, like diving into that in my brain. No, I, I, I agree. I thought about that too. And, and I took, I took a little bit of a different take on it where it was like this thing where Roy was kind of, um, um, putting his own spin on it and saying that those things are, are flashy and show offy, but it's coming through Roy's voice. So it's almost like it's, yeah, it's a socioeconomic thing. So if there's other things that are too flashy and show offy, Roy can't afford them for his kid or, or couldn't, he couldn't have them when he was a kid for whatever reason they were outside of his grasp. So the cold cognitive dissonance thing though makes Roy just say, Oh, they're, they're, they're just unnecessary. You know, they're Mm -hmm. too detailed. They're too, you're, you're fancying up something that should be simple. You know what I mean? And Um, and if you just think of it as just like knowledge, you know, don't, you don't need all that knowledge. You don't, those, those are unnecessary details. You don't need to think, you don't need to think beyond what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And part of his justification, I think the way that they use the, the food, shape or whatever they call it, which is obviously like a representation of the food pyramid, which for those of you who are our age or older, probably remember the food pyramid. It was this like wildly flawed visual aid that we were taught as kids about how many servings of which types of foods to eat when you're little. And it was heavily influenced. It was, it was a government thing. It was obviously heavily influenced by, you know, big ag. So they said like, all you need is carbs. All you need is corn. You know what I mean? Like it was clearly <laughs> just like a, a, a very, um, influenced, <laughs> uh, how do I put it? Um, industrially, industrially influenced tool that was in the guise of, if you follow this, you will be healthy, you know, right. kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so in, in how it applies here is they don't say the food pyramid, but they have the, 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 the shape and the shape has all of these things in it that look obviously not healthy. I mean, literally has cigarettes on there, right? <laughs> but also it has like one of the major food groups is like aspic, <laughs> which, you know, and, and so like the whole idea is we have been influenced. So Roy hypothetically have been influenced to eat certain things based on the government telling you it's okay. And we thought that was okay. So you should think it's okay because, because the food pyramid told you it's okay. And why, you know, what, what are you better than me? You don't need to, you know what I mean? It has this like (laughs) overtones of like, and, and, and also this like false knowledge aspect of it where almost like superstitions or like old wives tales type of thing where it's like, but don't eat that. That'll make your teeth turn gray. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's rude to eat more than your share, but it's also, it's rude to, you know, uh, eat anything that like we've told you to eat. Yeah. Because it contradicts itself a number of times. Oh, a bunch of times. It's like, that'll be, you want that. That's good. But also don't eat that. It'll be greedy if you eat too much, but it'll be wasteful if you don't eat all of it. And also <laughs> don't eat that. That'll make your gums turn gray. And they keep talking about how things turn gray. Yeah. <laughs> Basically meaning, like I, I took that to mean it, you know, you can always find someone who is going to tell you what you want to hear or what you don't want to hear. You know what I mean? About Mm. food and diet and and health and stuff like that. And ultimately, we're all going to die and we're all going like no matter what you do, you can't cheat death with 
your diet or your ex or whatever. Like you're going to fucking die no matter what. Like that's a, that's kind of how I took the, the yeah. thoughts about that. But and this, this is also the episode where uh, Duck begins the rebel because yeah. because you know, red guy has already rebelled and he is it's assumed from the end of the episode that red guy is on the outside and he's trying to call in to duck to mm-hmm. warn them. And duck is, he gets rebellious in this because he starts questioning, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you start questioning, they start correcting and like yeah. duck is corrected a number of times, but then he has a freak out and yeah. like he, he's, you know, like he's in uh, uh, an operating room. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the phone rings first yeah, right and it pull, and it kind of pulls him out like the matrix yes and like he's in the operating room and then like you he keeps flashing in and out of the operating mm-hmm. room in the kitchen yeah. and eventually it ends with duck is being consumed by a can that yeah. has yellow guy's face yeah but then also yellow guy is eating cans of duck yeah mm-hmm. and so in the kitchen yeah. by himself like gorging himself at night Almost like Red Guy was, you know, with the technology mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And it, I think I think it's kind of symbolic of like, like if Duck is like the negativity and like what eventually leads to depression, it's just like Yellow Guy's consuming all of these like depressive things. Yeah. Like he's he just starts overeating and just starts, you know, behaving poorly because <laughs> mm-hmm. there was no there was nothing about like Duck being good or bad he no. wasn't identified as food <laughs> he is just like the rebel yeah oh the food of doc yeah 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 i get yeah. you yeah it's like um weirdly enough and we'll we'll, we'll get to this Dan. i don't want to jump too far ahead but you know we keep getting this reoccurring thing of yeah the phone ringing which is like snapping you know snapping them out of the trance of that kind of influence and then them you know again we're seeing this like seeing you know, uh, uh, beneath the veil type of thing. Um, and yeah, I think we already described that, but yeah, I feel like this one is like, I'm like a little quiet. It's like, this one got me thinking a lot. And even the more we're talking about, it got me thinking about just like a, I mean, consumption as like an overall theme, which mm-hmm. is very timely for like our last episode, but like, um, whether we're talking about consumption of like media or literally food or like just how we intake things or even how we can like almost consume our own mind. Like when we touched on the memento mori thing and like, there's like that stoic thought too. It's just like, um, like don't suffer of, Oh my God, why am I forgetting the quote? It's just like, um, like talking about worrying ahead of things or just like we have a way of like, egging at our own brains Mm -hmm. and so like it's making me think of like all these different things and themes like throughout it that these can be interpreted as and i almost felt that because there it was like this progressive unsettling feeling throughout this this particular episode especially watching um yellow dude like turn around and like start like he was morphing and almost in such a way Mm -hmm. yeah it just like kind of fucked my brain a little bit but yeah i like it in a good way like i I like I like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, going going into the the last one here, which is is about dreams, I would say like superficially about <laughs> dreams, but it's really more about uh, I mean, there's a lot of themes of of depression and mental health, um, but also I would say like perception of reality, maybe. <laughs> I'd say perception of reality and it also like back to the original theory I, w- I read about it's it's about how like 
you know, you let people who are around you kind of control what you create. And, Mm -hmm. and so the whole, the, the whole six episode arc is about a creative person trying to create a show. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's why, that's why, that's why you see like the early episode is about stifling creativity. Uh, Time is about like wasting time and not making something creative because all they're doing Mm -hmm. is sitting around watching TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three is about finding somebody who like will like pushing aside the things that don't matter to create. Like you don't need religion and love to create. Mm -hmm. And uh, technology is like you're the thing you push forward to like sell something. Mm -hmm. So like if you're trying to sell a creative vision, you push an avatar of yourself forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've already, and and, and there's something inherently not, not just disingenuous, but almost like bastardizing Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's hard to find any sort of semblance of yourself within that context. Cause like the tools that were created with like social media and all that shit, like they um, stifle it or they make you have to be a thing through a certain channel, which yeah, yeah, they they make you play by their rules to get rewarded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it reminded me this and well, uh, I'll wait because we're going to talk. Uh, I'll wait and bring this up at the end here yeah. because, um, you know, so so yellow guy. Well, um, just to quickly finish it, my thought. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, so then like five is about, you know, rebelling against what you're being fed and what mm-hmm. you're being told about these systems. Yep. And then six is, you know, what we'll see is like both about abandoning your dreams, but also chasing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even just yeah. stepping outside of the status quo is kind of what I took out of it too. Mm-hmm. In the whole yeah. him going on stage and shit like right. that, right, right, yeah. And I think it's like even more like yeah, going towards your dreams. Um, it's it's almost like making your own reality. Even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like take it in that or, or I would even you know elaborate on it in that in that way. But it all it of course has a lot to do with how you perceive what happens in this one. This is definitely the most kind of unhinged one. Uh, which is hard to say because they all quite are quite unhinged. <laughs> but I would say not even unhinged as much as um. Oh, how how would I describe it? If if you it, don't if you don't have the backup of the other five episodes, th- there is nothing anchoring you to anything to no, this. It is the least standalone one. Mm-hmm. Maybe is the is like this one would make absolutely no sense out of context the other five i think are, are well crafted in in it's a testament to how well crafted they are that they can kind of stand alone on their own this mm-hmm. one intentionally is wrapping up some loose not loose ends but tying things together i guess in a way where it's not really standalone it starts out and and you know with some like i said some themes of of depression a little bit i think with with yellow guy and you know again i i kind of almost take it as like all of this is happening with from the perspective of yellow guy a little bit or is he at least is representing like the kind of core of the 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 the, the symbolic personality that's mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. subjected to all this i guess um and uh red guy and bird are like the almost the ways you can like i don't say act out but they are the reactions to what to the stimuli maybe is a way to put it um but first of all you know one part it starts out with with yellow guy in bed and trying to go to sleep and a lamp comes to life and is like 
wants to talk to him about dreams, but he's gone down this path so many times that he's like terrified and he is like essentially pleading with the lamp to not suck him down this hole (laughs) again. (laughs) Um, and ultimately he he's singing this very like creepy song about uh dream stuff and then he's gets this this physical manifestation of this of an uh, i would assume an analogy that is an analogy for i took it as like depression but also maybe like creative just the idea of being creatively stifled perhaps but he's literally drowning in oil and mm-hmm. it's a pretty for for being puppets. It's a pretty like disturbing visual yeah. of the puppet <laughs> physically drowning in oil in its own bed, and it's um, absorbing the oil and like oh, turning. Yeah, yeah, the felt literally is absorbing the oil. Um, but uh, yeah, and then it it you know basically goes into this like kind of animated sequence, and then you do get kind of rushed off pretty quickly to Red Guy. Um, trying to, in a very, um, perceived feeble way. And I, I feel this, this is like almost something that, that is the, 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 the entity that is at the center of the story is kind of fearful of or projecting is this idea that if I share my creativity or my project or my art or whatever with my peers, it's going to not be well received. Right. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I mean, we're, we're after we break out, it, it feels like we're breaking out of a dream because mm-hmm. we're reintroduced to red guy who's sleeping at a desk and he's in a world of red guys. So like yes. everybody looks the same and very mundane, mm-hmm. everything office environment. Yeah. And like he tries to like, be funny with one of his co-workers and they're just not having it they're like no yeah. that would no you're boring that's silly don't be silly <laughs> yeah. and boring and then we go to a like kind of an open mic night at a bar mm-hmm. and you hear you hear like pieces of conversation but they're like they're boring they're mundane they don't make they're just pieces things you've heard it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and the piano player is just like playing a fucking song that isn't a song he's just sticking on to the piano yeah and red guy like drops his clothes which you know a symbol of vulnerability sure but also it's like how he has originally appeared to us and then he goes up on stage and does this little puppet show and tries to sing the creativity song to them yeah mm-hmm. yeah and they are not having it <laughs> they're like boo yeah. we don't like this yeah. like they're literally saying those things like this we don't good. like this please please stop you know <laughs> that's not good i don't care for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what he but says i don't care like for boring. it yeah. yeah yeah so it's like yeah I, I, I am one of these people but I want to break out of this and I'm going to get smothered. It's the fear that I'm going to get smothered by society if I try to step outside of its norms. Yeah. Right. And I think like this scene, uh, almost if you watch it all like in order, almost brings it back to that idea of like maybe an inception or a dream with a dream or like this is like some sort of dissociative like mm-hmm. series. It could, it could be taken that way because like, these everything we're seeing kind of comes full circle within this last yeah and towards one. the end and, and i'll go towards that because i i think 
you know, this it's going to be hard to do this episode justice if you haven't like watched all the other ones, you know, um, pr- pretty intently. But ultimately, I, that's where I also got to this idea of it almost brings into account, not literally, but I almost took it as this idea of uh, of, um, you know, string theory or the infinite na- nature of the universe or, or the infinite nature of our brain to like enact reality on the universe or something. And that is the ultimate conclusion that the, this person who is, you know, the manifestation of all this stuff has come to the realization that what you're doing really doesn't matter. And it's okay. It's okay to step outside this. It's okay to experience all these things and don't put all this pressure on yourself because it doesn't matter. And Mm. I, after I wrote that down, I was like, Boy, howdy, that sounds like me internalizing this a lot, (laughs) (laughs) which is probably true. This is probably why we're all friends to a certain extent, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I can't help but not, you know, it's it's a testament to how well done this whole thing is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just... I don't think uh, if you you walk away from it not reflecting on mm -hmm. some some aspect, it's probably like... Maybe you have a perfect life, or maybe you like you're scared to like think about these things. Yeah, which, if you watch sure, this and then go fall. like, I don't know, it's a puppet show and they do gross stuff. Like you mm-hmm. don't have a soul. Yeah, I mean, there's, I know a lot of people in my life who like they, not that they everything was given to them or anything, but it's just like they've never had a bump in a road that's caused them to question why they do the things they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's what all this this is about. Like you know, and I think it probably rings more true for like the younger the generations get. Mm-hmm. So like for us as millennials, it you know this rings pretty true for us as like questioning authority, questioning why are things done the way they're done, like why can't we not do them this way? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the lo- the younger you get, the more that rebellious attitude is there. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, I know plenty of people my age though that are just like, yeah, I'm just doing things because I've been rewarded the proper ways. Like mm-hmm. they they got the they got the spouse, they got the kids, they got the house, they got the job mm-hmm. that you know, like even if the job fucking sucks, it still provides for them everything that yeah. they want. So why would they ever question the system and what the system has to give them? Mm-hmm. They are being fulfilled to to the extent that they want or understand or whatever by what has been given to them by following the rules. So why not follow Mm -hmm. the rules? Mm -hmm. Plus they have, plus they always have the the thing in their, yeah. And they always have the thing. They always have the thing in their back pocket of, they think they're going to be rewarded in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. That too. Yep. Yeah. It's all right. If I follow the rules, I will always be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's the ultimate. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's obviously the fact that they took this in a direction of it being horror adjacent. I think also like, I, and I wrote this down. I don't know if this is again, you know, me internalizing it a little bit too much, but this could have been done as just a, a weird off the wall comedy it could have been done Mm -hmm. in a lot of different mediums but it doesn't the juxtaposition of horror and puppets obviously is a draw Mm -hmm. you know but i think the other thing that um is like an overarching theme and probably why it is horror tinged is this whole idea of like people's reaction to fear in general too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean whether it be 
fear of God, fear of dying, fear of not being able to control things that are out of your control. Like fear, I think, plays a pretty integral part, not necessarily just scary fear. You know what I mean? More like existential fear. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it plays a huge part in each each one of the stories. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it ultimately ends with some sort of representation of either, like I said, string theory or what I wrote down. And again, this is just my perception of it. Um, is, you know, the idea of like within our consciousness exists infinite universes, you know what I mean? Mm. So like it ends on screen with, uh, basically everything starting over. Yeah. And yeah, the characters just being slightly tweaked representations of the original characters just starting over and literally a notepad, a notepad or sketch pad opening up that just looks slightly different than the original sketch pad from episode one. Yeah. I think that even like fully feeds into like what we've talked about over and over again, about like the meaninglessness of life and stuff like that, where it's like this life just doesn't fucking stop. Mm-hmm. There will still be another version of someone even like you that looks mm-hmm. a little different, yada, yada, yada. And <clears throat> I feel like I've talked to, I talked about this when I was doing pursuit of happiness a lot. And I don't look at this as a negative thing and I don't know if you guys necessarily do either, but like, I think what's really cool about the takeaway that I took in like this wrapping up was just like, there is this sense of like positivity and encouragement of like, stop letting all of the things that hold you back from like staying in a particular lane Mm -hmm. and just do what fucking makes you happy. Like, like, and that's, that's the cliche aspect of it. But literally if nothing matters, why do you fucking care about what Joe Schmo says about yada, 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 or why, Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. you should do your shit. There's a Frank Zappa quote of like, if you end up with a boring, miserable life because you listen to your mom, dad, preacher or whatever, then you Mm -hmm. fucking deserve it. And I'm like, yes, I remember seeing that in high school and that resonated with me back then. Mm -hmm. So I, all of the things that we covered, like, this is why this is was such an interesting fucking series. And I'll keep saying it over and over again. Fucking watch it. I think, uh, I think another way to take this interpretation is like, so the, the, what we're seeing right before what Brian just described about the new start is you have this machine that is loaded up with all the teachers and red guy discovers, you know, this machine that's loaded up with all the teachers and all the teachers Mm -hmm. are, you know, telling yellow guy what to do. So you, you get revisits of the clock and revisits and, but like, so that means like red guy can't program anything new into the system you know, he can't make it do new things. He can only mm-hmm. make it do what's already programmed in there. And Roy comes out of the shadows to try and stop him. So <laughs> right. it, in I, many, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So in many ways, it's, you know, it, it's again back to that idea of, you know, the previous generation or your father or your parents trying to keep you from messing with the system because that's what Red Guy is trying to do. He's trying to mess with it, but he is finding out that he can't change it. He can mm-hmm. only mess with it and make it worse. And so that ends with him just unplugging it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get, and I think it's really important in the setting when you have, it, it's like blue guy and then, you know, a green puppet and a magenta duck mm-hmm. or a flamingo or whatever it is in there. Yeah. Yeah. In that setting, it, it is incredibly sparse. Uh, 
as far as like set decorations when you compare mm. it to the way the first episode opens. The first episode mm. has a lot of things already inside of it. A lot yeah. of things just kind of inherit, you would say inherited. Whereas mm. this, like you said, it has the sketch pad, it has the window, and it has the calendar. And yeah. Calendar is another big part of this because it's like a, it's a theme of the numbers running throughout it. Like all of these episodes have occurred on June 19th. Oh, I yeah, never even noticed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. All these yeah. episodes occurred on yeah. June 19th. June 19th pops up a lot through the series and uh, it switches over to June 20th at the end. Yeah. Is there a significance with the date specifically? Is like there's something that falls June nineteenth is it was the like it was the original Father's Day. So you could oh, take Oh boy. Yeah. N- mm. did not never that picked up on the that. Whole, like parent thing back into play yeah. too. It, you can yeah, also got some daddy issues. Yeah. There's another <laughs> there's another uh tie that you can make, but I don't think it works just because they're British. Mm-hmm. It's a British program, but June 19th is also like the official complete end of slavery in America. The Juneteenth. Yeah. That yeah. Juneteenth. So, so you I could, didn't know if it really mm-hmm. had a tie. You could take, you could take it as like a meaning of like an end to just being like a slave to these systems. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that they would make that connection or not. I don't I know. I don't know if they would It either. seems, uh, yeah, when everything else is so subtle, that would seem a little ham-fisted, but mm-hmm. they could. Yeah. yeah I, I, I never noticed that. I mean, I, I have seen the calendar every time I watched it, but I never. Right. Where I it, never made that connection. Yeah, whereas June like the, fa- the Father's Day holiday is ubiquitous between nations. Gotcha. So like it, it's June 19th over there as well. It's so, it, mm. you know, because it's always the third Sunday. So like it, it would float that way. But. So it's almost like the uh, I think, you know, knowing that is is super valuable, obviously, because, you know, Roy becomes is, is such a reoccurring um, not even a character as much as just like an, a background entity kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like for that to be Father's Day, I feel like that's there's no way that's not intentional. But that that also cleans up some of the ambiguity around, you know, what ultimately has when happens when the calendar turns over, which I guess it would be like the idea that you can turn, you know, you can kind of turn the page, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and like wipe yourself, clean yourself, rinse yourself of all that baggage and then that immediately made me think back to the the time episode where mm. it's where he's giving him a bath. He's like, I don't need a bath. He's like, scrub, scrub, scrub. <laughs> so the water turns brown. Um, <laughs> but it's just a, it's like, a, yeah, you can you can you can turn over a new leaf or not to be too cliche about it. But, you know, every day is is a new opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's what and, I was thinking, too. Yeah. And you can also think of it as the way of like. You know, when, you know, if you have kids, like you don't have to impart the things that were imparted on you to them. Yeah. And so they can start with a new slate. Uh, just, yeah, the generational trauma can can stop with you kind yeah. of thing. It, yeah. just, just a quick, quick note. Uh, the part six was released on Sunday, uh, June 19th, 2016, which was a Father's Day. So. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. Interesting. So there's ties <laughs> that um, another just another like to go expanded universe again about like uh, this idea of like, you know, what Roy as a father might represent to yellow guy is they made another series. Uh, and it was just like some quick internet videos and it was called Craig's big day. <laughs> okay. I got to look this up. It is, uh, it's on, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. 
but it was made for another website at first. But yeah, it's like Craig's Big Day, and it has a lot of the same um, themes, a lot of the same things happening. But it says it's directed by Roy. But like <laughs> it's these it's these quick th- three videos, and they have like a lot of the same like surreal aspects. But they don't seem to have any weight or meaning. And then it ends with them, like, seemingly not even completing the project. So, like, it's a it's an unfinished project that just goes on and it's like, it's no good. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a third piece that's called Rat Eats Egg. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, it's supposed to be like an animation that Roy uploaded to YouTube but I saw, I remember watching this and at least once. Yeah, and it's just a still frame of a poorly drawn egg and a shitty rat and then just mm-hmm. like shitty sound effects in the background. So like the lore could be that Roy tried to be creative at one point in his life, being mm-hmm. a director, being mm-hmm. like a YouTuber and he failed. So yeah. now he that's why he's so hard on yellow guy trying mm-hmm. to you know expand and trying to be outward and creative. Yeah. Yeah. The Craig's big day. I'm looking at right now, uh, is on days, three episodes and the episodes are called Craig's big day, Mm -hmm. birthday meal. And I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to, uh, they were actually published on the same day as the second episode. Okay. Yeah. Just the way I found them, I found them from different uploaders on YouTube, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, they have like a lot of similar themes. Like you'll see June 19th pop up as well. And you'll see like uh, just like the computer has like similar themes to it. There's like a mm-hmm. whole bunch of. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of similarities, but like it's also wrong <laughs> and it's not good and it's not deep. So it's like they made I'm something bad. I'm just realizing <laughs> now that there is a don't hug me. I'm scared wiki that oh, yeah. I need mm-hmm. to dig into. I have not I have not done so that that's that's that'll be interesting but yep. yeah all right guys listen we've said it go check it out um it's awesome it sucks so bad <laughs> super fun like why we need to spend two hours talking about a 30 minute collective yeah show. We, we exponentially exceeded its runtime in the discussion but it's a it's it's a super fun one maybe our longest mini so to date as the a true, result the true punishment is having to reflect on all that and that's what brian was inflicting on us <laughs> i really wanted you guys to just experience some bill, true brian. existential dread the punishment uh, of self reflection <laughs> i think that's, that's a, my daily that's beer, life that's, that's literally a my <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm a marketing guy i immediately just take it to a peer name <laughs> um all right guys uh check it out it's on the youtubes oh once again keep an eye out if you don't follow us on the social medias you definitely should because uh we are going to be voting this week and uh high stakes voting week here guys uh we could do robot rampage which would be a lot of fun we should do herschel gordon lewis which let's be real you guys aren't going to vote for or you could force us to do more horse horror, which the more I think about oh it, the more God. I like I horse horror. I have such feelings that people are going to do this. Like, Guys, uh, remember, cream. Cream. Horses cream. rule everything around horses. me. Oh, man. I will get wasted and talk about horses. You're okay. not You're not allowed to vote for horser unless you buy the shirt. <laughs> you jerk <Yes>. off. <laughs> yeah. Also, I can imagine if we do horse horror, uh, a.k.a. horse horror. <laughs> 
Um, or you. We are that going sounds like to, a drunk word. It's going to be even an even more deep-seated existential crisis, but it's all going to be Meg. <laughs> just Meg. I'm, just My body is ready for this. Her, just tears flowing. Just all of her horse trauma all coming out. Oh, God, uh, you oh, unzipped it. me. <laughs> no. Uh, horse horror, guys. Um, all right. Uh, anything else from this here mini-sode? If you want to talk about horses, just on a side note, you know, just like DM me. You know? Also, you check know out to find me. Meg's horse podcast <laughs> that she just recently called. What if Meg? Quick on the spot. If Meg had a horse podcast, what would it be called? The You're Pursuit of Horses. Like, <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. It would be actually. It would be that. That'd be pretty solid because it'd be the same content. I'd just yeah. like. You know, bring up horses at least once mm-hmm. on an episode. I, What's your favorite horse? Come up, <laughs> What's your favorite horse? My, my, I originally got up, gave up immediately. The first thing came to my mind: Triple H, Happy Horse Hour. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Not Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Happy Horse Hour. You want to run some right. horses? <laughs> <laughs> there's a section called the game and the game is just naming types of horses all right guys i'm giving up here i'm not punching up any more wrestling horse jokes Shut it down. for the halloween is forever crew i'm brian i'm meg i'm steve she ramping.